it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hi, I'm Brody Lowe. And I'm Nat Castelli. And we are Caslo. We're a North American-based... EDM, pop, kind of pop punk production duo. We make music of all different genres. And we are listening to the po- Chronicles of Podcasts with Tom and Jamie. Yeah, I bet you're all sat there thinking, wait, I don't know a second. There's, there's one screen and they're sat next to each other. Oh, yes, we're real. Hi, guys. It's the Chronicle of a Podcast. And <laughs> we're together. Mental, right? Uh, I believe, Jamie, it's the 52nd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. 52. 52. And this is the Chronicles of Kazler, am I right? You are absolutely correct. Wonderful. We're in the car together. We might as well get started. Hit it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 52nd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these are the Chronicles <laughs> of Caslo. It is I, the very hot, the very sweaty, bearded, brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, but in the flesh, is this guy. What's going on, guys? This is Scott and Tom. Yes, this is blowing our minds too. So yeah. for people that are actually watching this, we're finding it quite odd that we could literally just go, oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing in my house? Yeah. It's, uh, obviously, we just come off the back of probably one of the greatest weekends of our lives. Uh, I'll be quite honest. Um, so, and we found that we literally have absolutely zero time uh, because of said weekend <laughs> this week. So we thought... Fuck it. Let's really throw everybody off their game and record together um, for the first time ever. Yeah. It's it's a, it's very weird. It's very surreal. Yeah. I still can't decide if I like it, but Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously we're blocking out our sponsors, obviously. So you've got the Sophie Lancaster Foundation here and Stakeholders here. So it's we're, we're doing our best to not like impact or impede the, uh, the, the affiliation of the sponsors, but we don't really have a choice so sorry guys yeah. do apologize you've got it here and you've got it here so we're all good um but yeah as i said we've just gone off the back of uh and it uh, just i i i don't know how to quite describe it 
um probably one of the most surrealist weekends i think we've ever I'm had still on a high still trying to process it all like yeah if you'd said jamie is a three-day metal festival in a field in derbyshire going to change your outlook on life and perspective and everything i'd say what are you on about you silly nobbly but yeah it really is <laughs> what's a nobbly i went to say nilly and then changed it to wally came out as a nobbly love it absolutely love it yeah it's just we got to interview for the first time face to face. We spoke to a lot of bands, we spoke to a lot of people. We got some really great stories, um, and obviously working in hand in hand with the foundation that were there, they were there as well. It was just, it, if you want how I really feel about it, check my social media um, because that's where I feel like I can express myself better. Off the, off the cuff, off the top of my head, now I'm just like, well, how do you describe it? It was just. I think if you'd said to me, to me or you, about five or ten years ago, like by the way, in about five or ten years' time, you're going to be sat in front of loads of bands you absolutely adore and love, uh, speaking to them face to face for a podcast that you run. That's you know, within a year, I'd be like, <laughs> all right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably hard to react. That's pretty accurate, yeah. But no, it, it's insane what a weekend we have had. Obviously, we can't really have a catch up of what happened before the festival no. because. We recorded and then two days later you came. To no, it was, just so. the, it was literally the night after, the day after, okay, the morning day before, after. Yeah, so, yeah. The two, yeah, and I came yeah, as well here Wednesday morning. So. so literally everything we've done, we've done together. So I don't really need to tell him what I've done because he's been in. Yeah, so. exactly. I've, I've been <laughs> a part of it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I will do. I will do one thing. Like, how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Tired. Um, yeah. My ears are still ringing a little bit, but I feel a lot cleaner now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, li- I literally got into the bathroom last night. We got home, just gone midnight. I took my socks off, my feet and the bottom half of my legs were a very different colour. It was a whole new levels of dirt. I'm not gonna lie. It was weird because I was like, oh my fuck, I'm so tanned, it's great. I was like, yes, and my feet are quite wide, my legs are really brown. And then I showered, oh, oh okay, <laughs> nope, still as white as pasty as ever. <laughs> I'm just like... I cleaned myself in the shower and then I thought, why is the water still running brown? What the fuck? So I had to have another bloody shower. So yeah, yeah it's, it's an experience. It was great though, man. Like I, I know it was like, it was like 33, 34 degrees every day. Uh, there's no water whatsoever. So that's why we just covered dust and shit and everything yeah. else. But greatest weekend, just the best weekend. Uh, we can't wait to share it with you all. There's going to be an, unbelievable vlog coming of everything we got up to uh and then there might be some special surprises along the way mm. so yeah i know i love it when small time like companies and industries do that because it's like there's about two people that go i can't wait and everyone's like all right just did two guys all right but it, it's still we love it we absolutely love what we do so uh yeah it's just been incredible absolutely incredible but as you said i'm also quite shattered so yeah. um I'm just ready to go. I'm, I'm going home shortly. I'm looking forward to just getting back to my own house. Oh, no, wait. I'm not going home. No, am I? <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, uh, I have to go uh, house-sitting with the other half. So I'm quite looking forward to that. It'd be good to see you. Um, but, Jamie. Yes, sir. A question I've been thinking about recently is, why do people always go on the same holiday every year? I don't know. I don't get it. I never have understood it. I know not. Ever. I know it's only like it's only a small, right? But people are like, oh god, you know, been coming for fifteen years. Fifteen years. Do you know there's like two hundred countries in this world? Like, <laughs> oh, but I do love Turkey. I do love Barry Berdos. Barry Berdos is lovely. <laughs> that took me a minute to kick up what you meant. There. Yeah. I yeah. I don't get it either. You get 
let's be honest, holidays are not cheap. You get that money together to go and you're like, do you know where I'm going to go? That place I've already experienced several times. Yeah. I yes, Karen, Barbara, whatever. I'm sure it was lovely, but there's other places to go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I guess people like what they're used to, I suppose. So, you know, I suppose you have certain memories, certain experiences of a place that you've been to and you're like, I just loved it. I just absolutely loved it. It was the greatest time of my life. But I'd, I'd understand. Um, but guys, venture out. There's so many other places to go. There's Greece. There's Italy. Spain. I get it if you like. I've been this place in a couple of years' time. You're like, oh, do you know what? I think I'd like to go back there again. Something might change. But people are like every single year. Yeah. Don't get it. Don't get it. Like they've got their holiday friends that are out there in the moon. If it's a financial thing, fair enough. Yeah. You know, but. Guys, like I said, there's plenty of places to go. Just I just never understand why someone goes to the same place 15, 20 years in a row. Just <laughs> Do you reckon anyone walks into Thomas Cook and the people just look up and go, Turkey again? Yeah, sorted. I got you. Don't worry. It's already in the books, love. It's already in the books. Unless they go to the bar like, Juan! Hi, Juan! I'm back! And Juan's like, oh, Jesus Christ, not again. <laughs> <laughs> All of the trouble they caused last year. <laughs> um... But the other, the other really weird moment I had recently as well, so this is a very watered-down edition this week, so we do apologise, um, is, do you remember when everyone dressed up as killer clowns and hand down streets? Holy shit. And alleyways. I forgot all about When was that now? About five, four or five years ago? Wow, was it? That people did, yeah, people just dressed up as clowns and just stood there. They just stood on the street corners, yeah, I never understood And that. down alleys and stuff. I never understood What that. What what was that all about now? I can't remember what that was like. And everyone was like, oh, it's because that it films come back out? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It was so weird. I know what the internet's like. Someone saw some person doing it. Oh, I'm going to go do that too because it's cool. I'd just like to know the first person who did that. And how did it die off? I don't know. I reckon reckon one of them had the living crap kicked out of them. And then they're like, maybe this is a bad idea. Let's not do this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And then there was that creepy doll as well that said it was going to kill kids on YouTube. Mal. Oh, and it had like the the, the head on a chicken body or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And wow, how the hell do you remember that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was just, it's just a weird moment. And I was like, oh shit, people just as clowns, like, and stood down alleyway. Like, who has the time to do that? Who could be asked? <laughs> do you know what I mean? What are you excited love? Well, I'm going to have my spag bowl. Uh, might have a couple of beers. And I think I'm just a clown, but it's going to shit out some people. Go chase them. <laughs> have you just said spag bowl because it's on my menu list there? Yeah. But it's because I was. <laughs> I was just staring at it. I was going to think of a different food. That's the first thing I saw. So. <laughs> uh, Who has a menu for each day anyway? Oh, we're right again. Mind you, me and the half tend to... Uh, we, like, we like to prepare our shopping lists. Yeah, fair. But at this day and age, this fucking cost of living. Jesus Precisely. fucking Christ. Not Granted, surprised. we write it on certain days, but we never eat it on the right day. <laughs> but it helps. Right. It's meant to be for heat tonight, but I can't be fucking asked to cook it. So That's pretty much how Let's it just have cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. <laughs> that was great, though. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> All in all, it's just been an absolutely unbelievable weekend. I can't wait for James to do all the hard work and make the vlog for you all. Um, I just went, send me the interviews like I watch them on my own, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we have, before we do move on with the show, we have got, it was an absolutely phenomenal weekend. All the bands we saw were incredible. Well, granted, we didn't get to see that many bands in compared to how many were no. playing, but <laughs> it was phenomenal. Every band we spoke to, we're not going to spoil it and give it away who we were, but right now, but thank you so much for taking the time and talking to us. Oh, yes. They're press agents who set that up for us. Thank you so much. But massive, massive thank you goes out to not only all the people that came and spoke to us and shared their stories, which was absolutely amazing, 
But a huge thank you to the foundation, to Dina, to Adam, to Motley Stew, the legend that is, to Che, to, oh, to Phil, Alison. <laughs> One of the biggest people. <laughs> she didn't turn up to Saturday. She didn't wait to the end. Oh, okay, fair. No, but they made us feel like family. From the minute we walked into that tent, they made us feel like family. And we had the best time. Like, I just, Adam Lancaster now has a very special place in my heart for turning around to me and going, do me a favour, Jamie, get me a block of cheese. Just, <laughs> just the best thing it's ever experienced in my life. And just sitting there with a knife and eating cheese. What a man. What a man. Yeah, now we have to get back to reality. Yeah, I don't want to go back to work. No, no, it's kind of a bittersweet moment, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, I am very, very excited to get back to my, to my other half. Like that. I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, I cannot wait to see my kids. I can't lie. Yeah, uh, but work. I don't want to be anywhere near. You, to be honest with you, but there we are. A slice of uh, pay us to do this for a living. Yeah, please. That'd be great. <laughs> Any millionaires out there? Millionaires out there that feel like paying us to do this? Please. You knobby Wally. <laughs> Guys, obviously, the catch up wasn't really a catch, it, it wasn't a way, but we're just expressing our love and deep gratitude to Adam Gregory for help, you know, for letting us be a part of the Bloodstock Festival for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation for letting us uh shade away, hide away from the sun. Graciously, I've still got major prickly heat, but uh, it was just such a great weekend. Everyone we met, everyone we spoke to, everyone that came and chatted to us, um, and even a surprise interview that we didn't know we were going to get, which was Mon You mental so very excited to get that bad boy released but normally you do the what you've been watching we've had watched one thing together we actually i started only murders in the building yes you you did and i'm only mentioning it because if you haven't watched it go and watch it this is possibly one of the best recommendations tom has ever made to me it is phenomenal and i cannot wait to carry on watching it it is is great i'm I'm actually looking forward to getting back to me and carrying watching it tonight as well so super show anyway uh, Yes, but uh, since we're all caught up, yes. um, we should go and hear from Braden over at Stay Cozy. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring the Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boy. Quite simply, the best advert ever. I think he deserves to be on TV, national TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just want to say a huge shout out to Braden and a massive congratulations for playing um, Red Rocks in Colorado last night. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. For those who got to witness that live, I'm jealous. That looked incredible from the, from the stories and stuff. But uh, for the first time ever, um, well, Alex, wait in a minute. Jamie? Yes. It's time for Street Tunes. Yep, it is. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's Street Tunes. It's cereal soup. Ooh. For the first time ever, as I was about to allude to before I actually introduced the segment itself, the treatings are coming from Jamie this week. We're going to change charge. We're changing shit up. But as always, I'll still crack on as I always would do. Jamie. Yes, sir. 
What is Callum drinking us? Uh, this week? When we pretend to yell, we always make our voices a lot quieter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do we do that? I have no idea, but it's absolutely right. <laughs> Get over here! Yeah, that it's... makes no sense. Why? That's really thrown at me massively. <laughs> it's such a British thing to do. To be like, Dave, Dave, get over here, mate. Like, Dave. This is one of those creatures that makes me doubt everything I do in life. Because now the next time I do that, I'm going to realise how ridiculous it is, and I'm not going to be able to take myself seriously. So I hope so. Can you just yell? At, can you yell over to Colin? But can you make it as quiet as possible, please, Dave? <laughs> Colin, it's an emergency, Colin. <laughs> Colin, we might lose the legs. We might. Then we might lose the legs. Might lose them. Yeah, yeah, yeah the legs. <laughs> Absolute flyer. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's move on, shall we? We probably should. What else is Callum Trichinger's this week? If you think about it, we're all living on huge mountains where the floor is actually the bottom of the ocean. Oh, my God. Don't question, make me question life in two ways, please. Holy shit. Fuck, you right. Oh, I don't know if I like that. I mean, every country is an island. Wow, this is... Uh, my brain's probably yeah. going, that's why I was so quiet. Then I was I'm like, too oh, tired for this, Callum. Well, I was thinking about it then. Yeah, because obviously the, the, the end of the ground is at the bottom of the yeah. ocean. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I want to know how he comes up with these. I want to know exactly where you get these from, because this is insane. I don't like this one. It makes me feel weird. But that makes sense, doesn't it? It does make a lot of sense. Shit. But I don't like it. Wow. 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 That's, that's that's insane. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. To, that's no, good. I'm, I'm that's what Luke's find, favorite says. I'm trying to find like ways around it. Maybe it's not. No, it is right. Yeah. No. You've got us there, mate. Yeah. Someone's gonna. Someone eventually is gonna come. But I reckon that's gonna be a, that's good. Luke's gonna absolutely love that one. I reckon. As we established last week, I don't know geography and the way the world works, so we could be completely wrong. And not, but I don't know. So we're gonna say that it's right. Because surely, if you were, yeah, because if you're underground underground and we start that again and the ocean when you get further close to land you come up it, it just it goes up doesn't it and you're on there so there's no you can't go under the country no this is very true that's so weird <laughs> where are you i'm just under poland at the moment Dave. <laughs> i'm just swimming on top wouldn't it wouldn't actually be any words <laughs> i wouldn't know where that from call of good um, yeah anyway but still <laughs> and finally what is Callum treating us? Uh, uh, is we? Salt is probably the only socially acceptable rock to eat. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, he's right. Is there I, any more? There isn't, is there? I sometimes forget that salt's originally a rock, but yeah. Oh, God. You know, I have salt on absolutely everything. <laughs> absolutely everything. I, I look, Karis will be there like, yeah, yeah, he fucking does. He has it on everything. I can't do a Welsh accent, so I'm not going to even attempt or try and butcher you. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Um, <laughs> but that's insane again. Yeah, I love, but I don't have anything. I literally no, he's anything. absolutely right. Do you know what made that trick slightly better for me, though? What's that? I don't know why, because he said salt, and I think of rocks and the ocean and stuff like that, and all I could hear was seagulls in the background, and that made that so much better for me, and I don't know why. I don't know if you could hear them too, but yeah. I couldn't. I don't like the way that seagulls like to attack you and try and steal your food, boy. Oh, fucking chip. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's absolutely... He couldn't just <laughs> grab one off the ground and go, ah, lovely bit of rock. Yeah. Give me, mom, give me a fucking chip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be even scary if they spoke to me. Because they're quite butch, aren't they? With their pindy little legs. They're quite like, fucking give me a fucking chip. Give yeah. me some fucking vinegar. Seagulls always skip them. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> bastards, though. I don't know what gives them the fucking right. <laughs> but I like it when they get out to bag. So I like, I like walking towards them. They, they start to like really walk really quickly. They don't oh, fly yeah. away. No, no. <laughs> Scared of you? Well, maybe I'm a little bit, but still, I'm not gonna fly. I'm not Yo, gonna you get me away from my bin. That's my bin. They put it out for me, all right. But they're fuckers because they actually when pigeons start eating as well, or other birds, whatever, they go, "You fuck off, you little prick." That's my fucking food. They're like the bodybuilders of the bird world. Yeah, yeah, games. <laughs> um, <laughs> games. But I remember watching a seagull once when I was at work. Like, this is sounds, this is gonna sound so fucking pathetic. But I was at, when I was at work once and there wasn't a lot going on. I just stood by the door and there was a seagull like really ripping into a pe- uh, pack of baby wipes, thinking it was food. That could not have tasted nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? But it still went for more. It tasted disgusting. But my beak's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And that was another edition of Callum's Treachings. Unbelievable. We love that. was great. That was so great on so many levels. Oh, that was a good comeback. It was. Oh. We do love these. Uh, and now I've got to follow that shit. You do. Jamie. Yes. It's Tom Tom's journal. Bring it. And welcome to another edition of Tom's journal. So, okay. Not a lot. This is a weird experience being sat next to you as you read your journal to me. Yes. So I'm trying to do it where you can't actually see what's in the journal. I'll be a good boy. Please do. Like in the tent when we were changing pants, I will turn away. (laughs) (laughs) You were so funny last night when you go in the shower. I I had to open the door because it was so fucking hot. (laughs) And you literally had... Like, I've seen penises, Jamie. <laughs> I have one myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't Very funny, though. So I'm really... St- I found it. Right. So... Yes. This actually came from my other half. Oh. A lady put, I can come eight times and not get tired. Men come two to three times. They've got to reboot like a 1995 Windows computer. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we have to point out it said Windows 95 because it takes forever. Yeah, for the kids that watch this, that don't know what Windows 95 was. I hope kids uh, not watching this. No, well, yes, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And it was a butch seagull. Um, 
yeah, that shit. But it's so weird now because back then it wouldn't have been. We would have been like, no. this is totally normal. Like, yeah, it's just loading up right now. The internet would be bidding, bidding. <laughs> that sort of thing. And it was just like, yeah, this is normal. Get off the fucking internet. Try to use the phone. Oh, I just hate that. <laughs> oh, God. Try to talk to my grandmother, you bastard. Well, my mum would just disconnect it and put it in. Sorry, I didn't realise you were on the internet. Yeah. Why else would it plugged in? I remember when MSN was all the rage. Loved MSN days. Yeah, I remember MSN as well. Those were some good times. I remember Mudvayne lyrics as uh, as one of my names. My dad randomly came on for all of a month or two, like he does. He's having this Facebook moment at the moment where he's going to be left by a month or two and he'll probably piss off again. <laughs> but um, he's, like, he's like, you change that fucking name right now. And I'm like, I'm pretty 14. No, Dad. <laughs> no, Dad. No, Dad. <laughs> what are you going to do, hey? You're going to grab me. Oh. I think I used to change mine like every 10 minutes to the song I was listening to at the time. Oh, okay. I used to hate that uh, rock. I was like, ding, ding, ding. Like, oh, oh, yeah. The people would poke you. I'm like, stop poking me. I'm here. I'm sorry I'm so popular. I'm talking about 15 people. Thank you. Um. Anyway. We'll, we'll, ASL. We'll, we'll, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, James, this one's for you. Okay. R2-D2 ain't no snitch. Oh, yes. He knew Anakin was Vader. He did. Pretending not to know Yoda and Obi-Wan were. Uh, sorry, let me start that again. He knew... <laughs> R2-D2 ain't no snitch. <laughs> he knew Anakin and Vader. <laughs> Pretend not to know who Yoda and Obi-Wan were. Shut himself down when Luke didn't want to be found. No wonder he was trusted with the Death Star plans. R2 is ultimate ride or die droid. He is a ride or die droid. Yeah, that was hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called it Cthulhu again. <laughs> something, they, they say something, they wipe their memories after episodes one, two, and three, which is why he doesn't remember Anakin and Obi-Wan and all that address, but I think he remembers. Oh, I don't believe it. I think he remembers. How did you tell me everything? Fuck off, bitch. <laughs> I don't tell you shit. <laughs> I believe in Nazi. He's just a ride or die droid. Like see, three people just a windy little fucker. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here's a fun fact for you. I know I'm looking down like this because I've got to read the journal. Normally it's right by my side, so I don't, I, it looks like I'm not, but now I have to. So apologies, guys. Right, I'm going to be looking at my floor. Floor? Never mind. Um, here's a fun fact for you. Mortal Kombat and Sabrina the Teenage Witch take place in the same universe. Wait, what? In 1997, to promote the upcoming sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Kari Haru... I cannot pronounce his name. I'm so sorry. Hiroyuki Tagawa reprised his role as Shang Tsung from the first film in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch entitled Get Over Yourself. <laughs> it is revealed that Shang Tsung is actually Sabrina's uncle by marriage. And while in town or biz- on business, he pays the Spellmans a brief visit. Sabrina's aunts are not thrilled when Shang Tsung fixes dinner. Uh, when Shang. When Shang Tsung fixes dinner, raw boar, or when he takes Salem's soul after the cat insults him. To get it back, Sabrina agrees to help promote that year's Mortal Kombat tournament. Shenanigans ensue. I was really hoping it was going to be. Sabrina agrees to take place in Mortal Kombat. But that is amazing. It is, I it? did not know that was a thing, and no, now no, I no. want to see that episode. <laughs> is it on Disney Plus? I don't know. I think it might be on Prime. What's Sabrina Teenage Witches? Yeah. I, I have no, I, I've never, I'm pretty sure it's this, but, but I don't know. I've I never have a look because I need to find that episode. <laughs> so I got given a part of the journal that I've now found out is actually fake. 
<gasps> but I'll read it to you and then I'll explain to you. Okay. So somebody put, my inner 12-year-old will be giggling forever. Now that I know the Norwegian fa- phrase for speed bump is farts humper. <laughs> it's actually not. Oh. Yeah, I know. I was really excited by that. I thought Jamie's going to fucking love that. And then I researched it and went, oh, it's actually bullshit. Aww. Thanks for that. Yeah, I don't I think we should still call them farts humper, though. It is a great name, isn't it? It is a great name. It is a really great name. Um, right, I'm getting to some belters in now, mate. I'm so excited. NASA. We used to have nine planets, but now we have only eight. Pluto. Stop telling everyone I'm not a planet! NASA. Sometimes we can still hear its voice. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that demoting a planet named after the Roman god of death stoked his rage and brought down on us his vengeful fury and retribution. But finally, an explanation. That does make sense. <laughs> Poor Pluto. <laughs> that does make a lot of sense, though. I don't know who just went, it's not planet. I was going to say, but I, 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 I don't know the details, but why? Why? Yeah. Who, so, who, just, who just turned around and went, yeah, nah. First of all, for all those teachers that have got all these like school books of the planets, and they go every, every year they're going to go, by the way, ignore that page about Pluto. It's no longer a planet. Bullshit. <laughs> all this bullshit. Ignore it. Rip the pages out. But um, there's a, a mum and child. They're in bed reading a story together. And the child says, Mummy. Can you sing us a song from your generation? She goes, okay. Welcome to the jungle, punk. Take a look around. <laughs> it's little biscuit fucking up your town. <laughs> when you said your generation, that song came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do <laughs> This, this one is a personal, absolute favourite entry for the journal for me. Okay. Somebody just called country music Farmimo. I can't stop thinking about it. Willie Nelson would be so pissed, but it's beautiful. It is great, isn't it? It is absolutely great. <laughs> You're cooking a little bit. I'm cooking, yeah. That is so good. When I read it, I was like, oh my God, that's going Fine. straight in. You know those moments I keep telling you about where I'm like, I find out you for the journal. I can't wait to tell you. It's like for two, three weeks in advance. Yeah. I've had it for ages. Oh, I was just glorious. like, I was like, I just cannot wait. I just cannot wait to tell Jamie. <laughs> what is it to? I'll just farm you, man. <laughs> you know, Luke know. Bryan, Luke Coombs. <laughs> I need to calm down for the next <sighs> So, this was also fucking great as well. Um, I just accidentally bought the Gen Z book. Uh, I just actually bought the Gen Z slash How Do You Fellow Kids dialect version of Philosopher's Stone. And I'm now dead. Chapter one. The boy who wasn't unalived. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, liked flexing that they were very basic. Thank you. TBH, they were the last people you'd think would be sus. Because they are all fax, no printer. <laughs> There's more. Mr. Dursley was adulting at a firm uh, called Grunnings, which made drills. He was a dummy thick with 
three C's, uh, closing bracket, man with hardly any neck. Although he has an absolute unit of a moustache. <laughs> There's still more. Oh, fuck, this is amazing. Mrs. Dursley was a total Karen with zero chill <laughs> and had a hella neck. <laughs> Which came in very useful when she was stalking her neighbours and not minding her own. The Dursleys had a small son called Dudley, who they thought was the main character. The Dursleys were mostly thriving, but they also had a low-key tea, which didn't pass the vibe check, and their greatest fear was to get called out and cancelled. They were girl-bossing too close to the sun and didn't think they could. <laughs> I have no idea what the last bit meant, but it was still great. There's the greatest chapter of Harry <laughs> Potter I think I've ever read in my life. The boy who wasn't unalived. <laughs> What was the description for the moustache again? An absolute unit of a moustache. <laughs> I want to read the whole book. Yeah, so do I. I reckon it's a you ages because you'd be fucking pissed yourself laughing too much through it. Yeah. We're trying to work out what the hell half of it means. But that is I'll give you a couple more. Oh, yes. I want a spin-off of Charlie's Angels called Charlie's Chris's. <laughs> and it's Chris Hemsworth Chris Evans and Chris Pine, who have to take down Chris Pratt, a former Chris who went rogue. Holy shit, I want to watch that. I lost my my really high there. Chris! <laughs> a former Chris! <laughs> Fuck, what's happened there? <laughs> I want to watch that film. Like repeatedly, I think it'd be great actually. It'd be, I reckon it'd be a really dark comedy, like really funny, and they'd be really touching as well. In points, the amount of memes and jokes there is about all the Chris's, they need to do a film together now. Yeah, I agree. It has to happen. I absolutely agree with you. Oh, that needs to be what it is as well. Um, a Tom entry. I saw some absolutely wonderful graffiti in Cardiff, uh, last week. Someone had graffiti on the wall. Pines. They tried to spell penis, oh. and they put P-E-I-N-E-S. <laughs> they had a random I in there. <laughs> yeah. Penis? Penis, I think it actually is. Surely everyone knows how to spell penis. It's uh, not that's what I mean. to spell. Penis. I was like, that's fucking fantastic, that is. Even I've never made that spelling mistake. <laughs> 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 I'm saying nothing. <laughs> also correct, right? <laughs> yeah, some Jamie graffiti right there. <laughs> Last two at Custard. This genuinely happened, and this shows just what, like, what is wrong with you, America? Like, <laughs> seriously. At Customs in LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. Customs agent, uh, so where are you from? Uh, I'm from Denmark. Sir, please don't lie about nationality. Sorry, excuse me? Denmark isn't a real country. Now, please tell me your country of origin. Sir, you are literally holding my passport, which is from Denmark, in your hand. How can you sit there and tell me that my country doesn't exist? Sir, look. Denmark's a region of Sweden, all right? And not a recognised independent nation. The Swedes would be very fond of this encounter. <laughs> that actually happened. Yeah. 
Wow, people are stupid. That's what I mean. You're like, re- really? Again, I don't know geography. Even I know Denmark's a country. I'm pretty sure it tips Norway. Like Norway and Denmark are the, like the, the British. Yeah. yeah it's it's like, Mary says it's only a small country, but it's a country. Like, how fucking stupid can you be? I know. But I'm going to end on a belter. Amazing. And you know who you are. All right, people who listen to this, you know exactly who you are, who these are. People on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> be like, oh, gorgeous couch. We've had it 11 years, but it's like new. <laughs> Only missing seven cushions. Raccoon once gave birth on it, but the smell is almost gone. A few exposed nails, but no rusty, no tenant to shop needed if poked. <laughs> Paid $3,675, selling for $3,600. <laughs> About trying to turn a negative into a positive, you've got to give them credit for trying. Uh, exactly, but it's so true. And the other people, <laughs> the other people on Facebook, Marcus, you also know who you are. When you put it up and you go selling for whatever, you know, thirty quid, and they go, "I'll give you a tenner for it." Uh, no, you won't. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not how this works. But I imagine there's a lot of people on there that want to buy stuff for cheaper and sell it on for more. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. 100% guaranteed. I sold something on there not long ago, and I'm pretty certain I saw it on there again for sale somewhere else. I was like, ah, well then. I also find that you get a lot of trolls and fake on there. It's like, oh, is this still available? Yes. Cool. Do you want to see my naked pictures? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> my favourite one I had recently, I was selling a pair of Becky shoes, and it was like, silver lady shoes, size five, never worn. Message, hi, is this still available? And what size are they in? Well, you didn't read that properly then, did you? Because it says size five in the title fantastic. and size five in the description. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I love shit like that. That is all kinds of stupid. Wonderfully stupid. And that was another edition. Journal. I felt like I could close it because I was in the room. Yeah, that's very true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh have you got used to this now? A little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of used yeah, to it too. But I keep—I don't know where to look. If I look at you, yeah. or do I look here? I'm looking so, at you on the screen. Oh, okay. That would make sense, wouldn't it? So oh, I keep yeah. looking at myself weirdly. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what recording. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I suppose we should get to the really cruxy, cruxy, deliciously part of this, uh, of this <laughs> cruxy, show. Cruxy, cruxy, deliciously part. <laughs> should, we, uh, should we bring the pizza in as we're here together? We brought I the pizza back from Bloodstock. Yeah, we? we did. It's a beautiful piece. Welcome to the Chronicles of Caslo. Brody and Natale make up this wonderful EDM duo who combine emo, combine acoustic, combine dance, trance, house, techno, and smash it together. And it just sounds absolutely glorious. Indeed. I like they. I love how you just listed all those genres there. There's pop punk influences. Oh, yeah. There's loads of different influences. Dubstep. And I love the fact that they go, I like this music and I like this music. Do you know what I think I'll do? Boom. New song. Oh, that was loud. Sorry. But it yeah. actually echoed, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it did. <I> like, Hello? What did you do to me? <laughs> But no, these guys are incredibly talented and they've got such an original origin story. And yeah, they are absolutely phenomenal to talk to. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. It was one of those conversations where you're like, you know, it's not our area or field of expertise, but we can pretty much talk to anybody. Um, the music's great, by the way. It's not something I would have personally chosen, but now I've listened to them, I'm like, oh my God, we heard this song from Caslow. It's phenomenal. I can't 
recommend them enough to anybody. Um, and if you get to go check them out live, they're in New York City on the 27th of August. If America's this, this, go and watch them. Seriously, you will not be disappointed. Live show off the fucking book. Um, I don't know what's going to hook or chain. I wasn't entirely sure. Oh, but, it's a nice chain. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. But they don't only make their own music. Let's let's we need to point out as well. They do some amazing work collaborating with other artists. Either getting artists in to sing on their songs and them helping mix other music. Other artists' songs. It's yeah, they are amazingly, incredibly talented. And the main thing I take away from this, they're so passionate about what they do. Oh yeah, they want to succeed. And the talent is there to do it, and it's really inspirational. Like Jamie just said, if you're if you're a singer songwriter and you want to get involved in anything, hit them an email. If they like it, they'll get back to you. That's sort of, it's great. I love that they do that. Like anybody, like Apache Indians is the exact same thing. If there's anybody out there that wants to, you know, hit up the world, you know, vocalist, singer songwriter that wants to get their songs out there, just hit the boys up. You know, they'll have a check, they'll check it out, and then go from there. So. Uh, but yeah, this interview is phenomenal. It's uh, it's a belter, it's a belter, an absolute yeah. belter, and it's uh, it was actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be as well. To be honest <laughs> with you. So we had so much fun, we had so much fun, and it's just an absolute doozy. Jamie, yes, sir. Um, do you have any of those words at all that are final? Um, just a massive thank you to the guys for coming and talking to us. Everybody, go check out their music, it is phenomenal. And yeah, enjoy this one because these are very, very, very good. People. It's a belt. It's great. It's an, and again, I can't trust it enough. Belter. So here we go. <laughs> Sorry, let me start that again. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Kazloa. Yeah. Boom, we're from God. I just don't want to stereotype me now. I'd be like, hey, Natalie, what's up going on? Hey, I like it. I honestly like it. I have rants <laughs> about four days a week, so. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's stereotypical, just eats all the pasta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, pasta. Pe- pizza, surely. Oh, yeah. Pizza's oh, yeah. Like you know the invention it. of gods. Yeah, I'm the stereotypical uh, Canadian. I just eat poutine all the time. <laughs> you have no idea how badly I want to try Canadian poutine. Like, it's Dude, so it is. So, it's like it, it like makes you feel like death because it's like plugs your arteries. It's just gravy and cheese, but like it's so good. It's so it's, good. Oh it's like God. a really weird combo, isn't it? It's a pretty weird thing to put together. It's like, what can we make that's going to be just freshly Canadian? Let's yeah. just let's just let's just try anything together at once and see what works. Oh, okay. gravy and cheese, and then, perfect. There's these places you can oh, go. Man. There's one in Vancouver here, and um, they'll put like maple bacon in it too. So you get like that, like can extra Canadian, right? Like it's maple oh, flavored bacon. Good. In the poutine and oh man, it is like, and like they get, they get crazy with them. I've had a barbecue (laughs) duck poutine too, where they put like this orange shaving in it. And like, you get some fancy poutines, man. (laughs) Oh my God. That does sound unbelievable to be honest with you. I bet it's delicious. Oh dude, the barbecue duck poutine. So good, man. Like, (laughs) you have some crazy ones here. (laughs) I've never had duck in my life, so. What? Really? That's good. That's yeah, so never. Good. Yeah, Wasn't man. If you guys are ever in Vancouver, I got the plug for all the best poutine spots. So perfect. <laughs> let me let me know, man. Yeah, <laughs> <Gotcha. absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> taking a trip down there. Massively yeah. appreciate it. Um, 
but guys, seriously, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, obviously, yeah. um, I, I, I could say our our boy Braden let let me know all let me know all about you guys. So I checked you out. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to get them on the show. So um, well, Braden's yeah. a really nice guy. Um, but basically, how this whole thing works is Jamie's going to lure you into a nice false sense of security with a really lovely intro, um, and then we're going to absolutely hammer the living shit out of you with questions. How does that sound? Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful. Like to hear. And you, you can curse and you can say whatever you like. It's a completely open, like open safe space. The way we just we talk about absolutely anything. So it's okay. uh, it's open season. All cool. Right. I was just like, Perfect. yeah. Do I swear? Like <laughs> sometimes yeah. you're like not allowed. So whatever you want. All yeah. good. All good here. Alrighty. Sweet. Yeah, cool. Let's get this intro the way. Right, Ladies well. and gentlemen, today we bring you not one guest, but two. And these two together are unlike anyone we've spoken to before. Today's guests are musicians who use their incredible talents to make incredible EDM music, not only of their own, but remixing other people's songs to add their own unique flavour. This week we bring you Brody Lowe and Natale Castelli, because these are the Chronicles of Caslo. What's hey, up, guys? Yo, What's thanks for having us. Did I get the pronunciation yeah, thank you, thank you. Did, I get, did I remember it right? Oh, yeah, nailed it. You got it. Nailed it. Nailed it, bro. Nailed it. Nailed it most. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crushed it, my guy. No one can get the last name. That's the tricky one. I screwed that up, and I've been working with this guy for like four years. (laughs) 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 I I still get his last name wrong. I I mess up low, too. It's fine. I was going to say how. (laughs) How, Three three fucking letters, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) My guy. (laughs) It's, it's it's Brody like, Love. Uh, lo, lo, uh, love, no, no, yeah. hey, we Brody we love. can we can call it love. Let's go with that. I like it's that. A, it's I a German it. pronunciation, you know. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Love. It's, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, really? German pronunciation. Yeah, love. Oh. Love. Love. Sounds more serious. Um, <laughs> but, st- yeah. but still, I'll, I'll I'll leave your name alone. It's perfect enough as it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> The most important question, I think, of all that we should start with definitely is how was your like pandemic season? How was the last couple of years for you guys? I mean, um, I, go ahead, Brody. <laughs> well, I mean, you Vancouver, yeah, Canada, we had it way worse. I feel like our, especially in British Columbia, they just like locked locked us down. They were like, nope, like it's never going away. You're not allowed to do anything. And then the, the U.S. opened up probably like almost what a year before we did, like. Yeah, we didn't we didn't fully open until like this year, like in like March or something. Wow. Yeah, what? like Canada. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver didn't like yeah. fully open like clubs and stuff till like March. So we were shut down for two years, basically. Dude. Yeah, yeah. like it was like lockdown. Like we had periods like last summer, some restrictions were lifted. So we had like this weird two months where like one festival happened, but it was like, oh, only 4,000 people, like, has to be outside. Like, we're still supposed to have masks on you. It was like this weird, like, and you weren't allowed inside at clubs. And, like, you had to wear masks inside. So we just had all these, like, crazy stupid rules. And then finally, it just, like, I don't know exactly what happened. It was kind of like a mixture of, like, Canadians and people just finally being like, okay, we're done with this. Like, let's get get on with our lives. And then finally the government was kind of like, okay, finally, sure. So it sort of <laughs> sure. took, yeah, it took, took, and then guess what? <laughs> Nothing happened. Like there was no big spike. Like we could have done this a long time ago, but yeah, our government yeah. was just stupid about it. So I don't know. We, it was like a good, 
and a bad thing for us, I think for Caslow and for our music, because um, everybody was online, right. On the internet, like no one, you know, was out doing stuff in 2020. And um, that was kind of when we started to get traction with like our music. Cause we uh, yeah. like being a duo that we don't even live in the same city are for us. It was kind of like our online presence was like, you know, like some artists, they get a presence in their city, you know, like they'll be like, Oh, I'm like the local in my city. You get big, you play shows. Like, so we were online only because like, you know, we weren't in the same city. So for us um, having everyone be locked down and lockdown kind of helped Caslow in a way because yeah, we, we got a lot of like traction that way. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of like, that's what kind of gave us our start in a sense was almost the lockdown. So it was cool to come out of it and like, we've played a few shows and stuff now because like we built a fan base over the, over COVID, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it was a blessing and a curse. I would say like, as much as I didn't like the pandemic, we got a lot of music done. Uh, we really like kind of honed in on our sound, so to speak. And we, yeah, we built a pretty cool little fan base over COVID. So um, nice. Yeah. It wasn't all bad. It's almost like Canada were overcautious. In yeah. A way. Canada was overcautious for sure. Yeah. So I think America was, just went, can we open yet? Can we open yet? Can yeah, we open now? Yeah. Can we open now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah America was like, send it. Like, yeah. They had the, you know, 2021, I think it was like March, they had their first music festival back. They're like, fuck it. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. We, was... we were still in a full lockdown. So <laughs> I love the I fact being, even outside, being outside of America when you hear stories of America, you're just like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't even go visit America till what was it? I didn't go visit you till November when we had the show in San Francisco. Yeah, it was two years, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one November. So yeah, it wasn't well, until then that that was like I was. I, yeah, last I saw him was in March of twenty twenty when COVID happened. I was in Reno, um, visiting him, and we were Almost supposed to play locked. show. Yeah, and then show got canceled. And then I had to emergency fly back to Canada because of the lockdown. Then nothing for two years until November 2021. And then I, I flew, met him again in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was a while, but. But what about you now? How, how was it for you? You know, nothing really changed for me. I just sat in my room, worked on music like normal, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't do that much anyways. I mean. I keep more to myself. The only thing that was a problem was like, you know, being stuck inside, I feel like hinders your creative, creative ability, creativeness. So I don't know. I got stuck on a lot of stuff. Couldn't figure it out, but uh, I mean, it was good. Cause like Brody said, you know, it was kind of more of our growth period. So it was good, but um, yeah, I mean, besides shows and everything, like we had some stuff lined up and then, yeah, unfortunately it just, it just hit. And then, you know, that was it, but uh, yeah, nothing changed for me. I just worked on music grinded it out, figured out, you know, what we were planning for the future. And then, I mean, that's, here we are now pretty much in a nutshell, you know. I like it. I love to hear answers that aren't doom and gloom. You know, the, the people yeah. found positivity in something light in this shitty ass situation. I love, I yeah. love answers like that. To be fair. No, I so, mean, it was, I thought it was great. So I can't complain really <laughs> <laughs> as much as everybody else can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for music producers, like, yeah, I didn't want to go to work anyway. So like I'm down to sit inside and make music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I don't. They're like, oh yeah, can't go to work. We're gonna have to pay you. I'm like, 
You're going to pay me to sit at home. Okay. Like, yep. Great. Do that. Thank you. <laughs> Give me yeah, the money. Pay me to make music. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> My dream job. <laughs> so, so take us back, guys. When you were young and growing up, what did young masters Low and Castelli want to be when they grew up? Was it always music? <laughs> For me, it was. And now you go yeah. first. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it was just like. I mean, my dad was like a traveling uh, drummer in a band for 35 years. So, I mean, I grew up with music and then um, pretty much that was my whole life. I mean, I started working on writing like orchestral stuff when I was like 12 and then EDM when I was about 18. So, I mean, I had like the background side of music for the longest period of time because I played piano and guitar and stuff. So it was good for me because, you know, I got to find out where I really what I really wanted to do by the time, you know, I was an adult which is good for me. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, besides sports and stuff as a kid, I only really worked on music or played, you know, instruments. And then finally I was like, let's do it. Let's go see what we could do with this. And then I met Brody and then. You didn't even, uh, you didn't even go to school. He was homeschooled, kind of like born and bred just to do music. Like I was, I was bred. (laughs) You were born, you were born and bred to do this, sir. Yeah. No, I I enjoy it though. I mean, yeah, I was homeschooled for the whole life, so I never oh, gotta get the cast really. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, what sort of bands did your dad play with then? Any, any from known? He was in a uh, Beatles tribute band called Rain, and he was in that for uh, yeah, thirty-five years. Traveled all over the all over the world, pretty much for it. So, yeah, he did that forever on Broadway and everything, and then yeah. They had to retire like 2015. So, yeah, it was cool to see, you know, what life on the road is and kind of what to expect without, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you go out and you're like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. So, yeah. And then Nat wanted yeah. to be a composer originally. Yeah. That was his, that was, his goal. That was the first awesome. dream. Yeah, yeah. For like uh, movies or, you know, mm-hmm. TV, film and all that games. Yeah. I did that for like six years. And then uh, I don't know. Tried out EDM. Got sent a few songs like Porter Robinson and Lenny was like, this is sick. I want to do this. I want to do this. Didn't know how hard it would be. You know, it was like three years of trying to figure all this out. And then I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I got it. So I don't, I don't want to wave a stick. I want to lay some fat beats down is what I want. I don't want to be doing this. I want to make some heavy fucking bass drops. Let's go. But yeah, I'll do you, Brody. So, yeah, I um, I mean, yeah, I didn't have too much of a musical background. I mean, I always like my parents always played music for me when I was younger. My mom was in a band when she was younger. She was a singer. Um, but like oh, other than. Yeah, yeah my mom was. Um, oh. But um, other than that, I grew up wanting to be a professional motocross racer. I used to race dirt bikes. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that was my. Yeah, I know. That was my passion. I did that for like seven years or something. But um, as you do, I crashed a few times. And over the years, I um, I had to get surgery on my wrist. Um, and I had, so I have a screw holding my wrist together. And then oh. I broke my shoulder and then I broke my other shoulder. And so I got a couple pins in this one and a couple things in this one. So essentially, my doctors and stuff were like, you can't, you shouldn't do that anymore. Like you're pretty broken for being like, and at the time I was like, 16 or 17 and they're like yeah you've had three you've had three surgeries like probably can't race dirt bikes anymore so i was like all right well and then it was actually on the downtime on one of my breaks you know i couldn't uh couldn't race anymore so um 
I was down and out. My older brother, uh, this was around 2011, uh, was listening to like Dead Mouse and all that sort of music back yeah. then. And kind of when EDM was first becoming more like popular, I guess. Um, and then he, yeah, I was 16, I think. And he was like, hey, do you want to come to a Dead Mouse concert with me? And I heard him playing it around the house and stuff. And back then I was strictly like a metal kid. Like I really liked metalcore and like pop punk and like all that rock stuff. So I was only, you know, I, but then dead mouse, I, I kind of started liking, it. I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And then, so I was like, sure, I'll go to a concert. I'd never been to a concert before. I was, as I said, 16. And then I went to a concert, saw dead mouse perform and was like, that is cool. Like that was cool. The lights and the, you know, the vibes and everything. I was just like, yeah, I think this is like something I, I could be interested in. So I started just diving headfirst into EDM. You know, I got into like Skrillex shortly after that um, and Bass Nectar and like, you know, um, dubstep. And like, I kind of just like fully dove on in and was like, this is really cool. Like it was so different, you know, like I had never been one that liked like the radio music. That's why I always liked uh, rock and metal because I just didn't, you know, I I always liked. And then, so yeah, when I heard electronic music, I was like, this is so cool. Like an underground and, different and i was just like this is going to be like the thing so i um so yeah i I dove head first into that um decided i wanted to learn how to you know be a dj and produce music so i uh did some research when i was in like high school and i bought um you know i bought like basic little deck to learn how to like mix songs on and I bought, I used my parents' laptop in the beginning because I was like, well, I'm in high school. I can't afford, yeah, I was like, I can't afford one. So <laughs> I bought my, used my dad's laptop and just like started mixing music and downloading. And, um, you know, I kind of got into, I learned what, you know, a doll was and started uh, trying to produce my own music. But so the thing was for me, uh, I mean, in the early, in the very beginning, like I, when I was like 17 or something. Yeah. I didn't have a computer good enough to produce good music. So I had like Fruity Loops FL studio uh, and was kind Loops. of like, yeah, that's what I started with. And like, I was making like beats on there, just like random little rap beats and stuff. And then I eventually got a MacBook for like a graduation present and then started uh, I downloaded logic and then was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to, you know, start making other sounds. So I started kind of trying to make like dubstep and, but then I guess like while I was doing that, um, the DJing sort of just like took over for a little while. Like I kind of got my first gigs. I started playing like underground, like warehouse raves and stuff like that. Like what? they have them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started uh, when I was like 18 years old or 17 and then um, in BC. So they take that one step farther and we'll do that. But we they bring it out in the mountains. Like they'll, they'll just take sound systems and bring it out in the bushes and then they throw these like massive illegal raves like out in the forest <laughs> yeah so like i was mind blown man you call this phone number and then my older brother picks me up and we drove out like you know like way out in the boonies like you're like 20 kilometers out past any city out in the gravel roads and then you just open up to this like big pit and then there's just a thousand people in cars in a big stage and you're like whoa <laughs> so yeah nuts. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I got my start DJing at those types of events. Right. And then um, I just slowly started building up, I guess, a name for myself in the, uh, the local kind of Bush rave scene or whatever. And then Bush rave. Uh, by the time I turned uh, legal age, which was like 18 or nine, no 19. Yeah. Um, a couple of the clubs, you know, I knew who I was or whatever, like the nightclubs around the city and they had reached out to me. So then I kind of right away, as soon as I turned legal age, got a residency DJing every weekend in a nightclub. 
So then that just sort of took over and became my life for a long time was I was just DJing. Like I kind of like didn't have the time or like I sort of just stopped producing. And then um, because I didn't know how to play an instrument. So I was like, I can't make music. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) But I'd given up on it completely. And then um, I got to a certain point around 2016, 2017, where um, I kind of like almost reached my peak DJing, like in my in my city or whatever, like my area, like I kind of played everywhere, like everyone knew who I was sort of speaking, but like, I knew I couldn't further this unless I produced music. So, Mm -hmm. and then at that same time, my other friends started blowing up. Like she, I had a friend of mine who she like was playing EDC, like playing on the big festivals. And I saw her do it. And I was like, okay, like she did it. Like I can do it. Right. And then that was around the same time I discovered um, artists like Elenium and uh, just ones that I was feeling really inspired by. Like I, I was like, I want to make music. So then I just kind of like took a leave of absence from my work. I was like, Hey, I'm not going to work for like a few months. Um, I'm just going to quit and learn how to make, make music. So I just dove like head first into it basically. And just kind of was like, I'm going to learn, you know, like from the ground up how to do this. And then I started, um, that's how I met Natali. Um, I met him in a yeah. forum cause we were both posting our music in this like producers forum. Right. It was kind of like, uh, a school, if you would, it was like an EDM kind of production school. So we were posting our beats in this forum and giving each other feedback. And yeah, that's how we met. So wow, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the, the story. It was like, he was making, yeah, he was doing like orchestral stuff, kind of wanting to produce EDM and I was cool. producing EDM, but I couldn't play an instrument. And I was like, I want to make guitar EDM. So then we were yeah. like, why don't we try to make something together? Cause like he can play guitar and like, I knew how to, it's kind of sound design and like sort of make EDM. So we, uh, we just combined our strengths and then Kazla was born. <laughs> there, 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 was this, there was this little funny period when I first met Brody, I think it was like 2017 or something like that. And we tried working on this one, like, you know, like remix STEM kind of thing, you know, contest. And it was yeah. for what, uh, uh, some song with day and LR Grind, I forgot what it was, but, um, our, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were working on it. And I sent it over to Brody and then he, he worked on it a little bit and he sent it back. So lucky enough, we we're in the same DAW, right? So we could send yeah, stuff. we both used Logic. So we could, we could yeah. uh, collab online pretty easily. But uh, following that, right, it was like, they never worked out that song. Never talked to Brody. I didn't talk to Brody for, I think, like six months. It was like, was, we didn't ever talk to each other. And yeah. then he comes back later. He's like, hey, let's start something like a brand. Because I hated doing the brand shit. I hate I just wanted to write music, right? Yeah, he and knew nothing like, about, like, the business no. or, like, the branding and marketing side. And in between mm-hmm. that six-month period, after we stopped, I took a producer boot camp, like an online boot camp called Cosmic Academy. And that is what jump-started the fire in me. When That was when I learned, like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not just music. Like, you have to have a brand. And, like, all the, I learned the business side, basically, from that school. Yeah. And that was when I approached Nat after I graduated, so to speak. I was done my online schooling. And I was like, all right, now I have the information to know how to make this work. So I was like, now let's try to do this for real. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't like releasing anything and like neither was I, but I knew kind of in my head, like I had the foundations to to have a success, like to know how to have a successful, well, you know, I thought I knew and now it's working. So, well, yeah, I love it. You were tooting your own horn and then the Canadian came in, you're like, no, 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 let's read it back in, let's read it back in, let's read it back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. So, um, oh, yeah. 
But yeah, so I mean, it was six months in between that I did the schooling. Then I reached back out to him and I was like, hey, you know, I think we could actually do something with this. Um, let's let's try to do something. So um, that was kind of how Caslo started. Then I was at work one day and all my previous names as a DJ had always used low in it, right? Like I had a name B-Low for a while because it was like Brody Low, B-Low. And then I had another name. Um, just Brody low. Like I just thought low always kind of worked as like the last bit of a name. Right. So I was at work one day and I was like, man, what can we call ourselves? Like, how is this going to work? And then, um, I thought, man, my last name always works. So then I was like his last name, Cat Castile or whatever. Right. So I was like, Cas- oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, Caslo Castelli. I don't know how to pronounce it. Castelli. Oh, Castelli. Yeah. there we go. Okay. I got it. Castelli. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so um so so I was at work one day and was like cast low, boom, just came to me and I was like, that's it, that's the name, that's what we're going with. And then I Googled it, made sure no one had the name, like it was a completely made up name. So you know, but yeah, no one had it. So we went with Castle. Incredible. I'll be honest, I didn't actually work that out. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. Yeah, they're like, where did you get the name from? And I'm like, it's our last names. Just combine yeah, them together. That's literally. I'm <laughs> like, oh shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It works so good too. I know, yeah. right? Like it's got a ring to it. Like it just yeah, it's great. Of, it, yeah, yeah. It's, I love it. I think it's a great name. And it's just something oh, so you, straightforward you. and so simple as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to. So. Just going back quick, I was going to reverse quickly. Um, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about seeing Dead Mouse and whatnot. Were like, was mm-hmm. that was that a major influence for you? Like, who really influenced you in the way of EDM, or was just like, that's exactly what I'm going to do? I already knew what I'm going to do, and obviously those artists spurred you on, sort of thing. So Dead Mouse definitely like was my introduction to electronic music, but I feel like Skrillex was the one because like with the heavier the dubstep kind of vibe, and like he, you know, he made some stuff that was like sort of softer but he also made like some heavier stuff. Like he had a couple songs, like summit was one, an early one that was like softer. And then also at the same time, I discovered these artists named adventure club, which is really funny. (laughs) It's come full (laughs) circle. Now I can get to that later. But um, yeah, at the time it was around 2011, right. When I discovered dead mouse and Skrillex, I immediately found this group named adventure club and they were doing dubstep like Skrillex did, but it was like a softer, more melodic side. And I fell in love with it. I was like, this is sick. Like, you know, so as much as the whole time I did like normal dubstep and stuff, I always like had a soft spot for this like melodic side of, of electronic music. Like I always kind of was in both realms. I was never just like a bass head, like kind of always liked. And same with like uh, house, like, yeah, I liked progressive house. Really. I liked this like euphoric kind of uplifting EDM as well as the heavy stuff. So I always kind of like both. Um and even when I would like play my DJ sets at these raves and stuff, I think part of what people got to know me right away was because like, you know, you'd have a house artist, right. Or like a dubstep artist, but I always was, I'd call myself an open genre. Like I would mix everything. Like, you know, I would play some dubstep, some drum and bass, like, um, like some bass house, like some melodic stuff. I kind of would try to fit everything in and just kind of like be like this multi multi genre thing. So, and um yeah, that, that's kind of like, I would say, yeah, so Dead Mouse initially got me into electronic music, for sure. But um, when I dove deeper, Skrillex, Nero, all these dubstep guys were kind of what really dove me in. And then Adventure Club, these were all like my, like, my inspirations in the beginning, for sure. 
for sure. And then I didn't know what genre I wanted to make though in the beginning. I didn't want to know until like around 2017 when Elenium came around. That was when I really clicked and was like, yeah, I want to make this. Um, because when I first, even when I first met Natale, I was producing all sorts of genres. I, I would make a bass house song. I would make a dubstep song. Um, I would try to make future bass, but like I couldn't play guitar. So not that genre was pretty guitar driven. So, um, you know, so back in those, yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of all over the place. And then once we formed Caslow, we just kind of had like a natural combination that we just sort of like, he had his background in orchestral stuff. So we always used strings and orchestral elements and then he could play guitar. So we, we'd always use guitar and like, he was a really good piano player. So like we always had a lot of piano in our tracks and um, we just um, kind of like over making a few songs, like we just sort of naturally kind of like made our own sound. We kind of took bits yeah. of pieces from other artists and put them all together and kind of have our own thing going now. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's kind of how it started where we kind of got our inf- inspirations from. And then well, now it's kind of like we've developed our sound and um now I'm like almost full circle, right? We're bringing back like the pop punk kind of like that aesthetic back into EDM. We're doing like rock EDM now, which yeah. I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. So it's kind of for me, I've, I've taken my like, you know, my childhood almost and I fused it with my EDM era. And now we're just kind of doing this full cool combination that I think is going to be, a, I think a lot of people are going to like it. Oh, yes. I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What about so, you, Nat? What were your influences? I mean, I don't really have that big of a story. I mean, it's like, you know, I grew up only listening to old music. Like, I mean, when I mean old music, everybody's probably assuming like, ah, oh, 80s, 90s. No, I was like, anywhere from like 1910 to like <laughs> 1960. I'm not kidding. Not big of a, yeah, big, big, big jump, right? So, um, listen to all the old like ragtime stuff as a kid it was kind of weird because i never if i could i couldn't show people that today like oh this is my music they'll be like what the hell is that like who the hell are you are you dead and then you're like you know <laughs> but that's what i listened to so i listened to a bunch of old stuff and that's what got me into like playing piano and guitar and all that was because you know a lot of that's in that music today you don't really hear it you know it's more synth driven but yeah i grew up listening to all that stuff mainly you know 50s 60s 40s music all that but um yeah, that's that was just what my parents listened to. That's what I got into, and then uh, of course orchestral stuff. But um, orchestral stuff, orchestral stuff was like a bigger thing for me because at the point when I was working on it, that was um, you know a lot of like artists that I really liked that did stuff for games or like TV shows and stuff like that. Those are you know they were really small like composers, but they were so good at what they did, you know, and. You know, a lot of no names, but a lot of them were just like, wow, this piece this guy wrote is insane. You know, coming from somebody that did orchestral music, couldn't say that to a normal, like, pop, top 40 person. They'd be like, I don't know what the hell you're listening to. So I got flamed a lot, right? People would be like, what the hell is this? Why don't you listen to normal music? I'm like, this is normal for me, right? Like, this is what I want to do. So, um, yeah, that's where I started with music. And then, um, like, inspirations, though. I mean, always liked Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, um, and then Rowan Stevenson, which he, he does a lot of stuff for BBC One, like that, uh, um, the group, he does a lot of composing for that. Mm. Uh, so 
a lot of a lot of uh, composers was what got me into it. And then finally, when I started doing EDM, one of my good friends Haley sent me this song, uh, Lenny M. Poor Robinson. And then I was like, yo, this is so sick, you know, because it was mixed with orchestral stuff, which yeah, you don't hear that, you know, in music. Well, you know, like five years ago, it's not something you hear. Um, so I was like, this is sick, you know. I want to try doing this because like it's got more energy, you know, and it's with synths and it's with you know orchestral elements. So like this is gonna be cool. I want to try doing this. So yeah, those are probably the two that got me into what we're doing now. And then um, yeah, and it's funny because I went from orchestral, like all music, to orchestral, to you know EDM, you know modern EDM, and then now I'm kind of like where Brody's dad like I listen to like punk rock music now and shit like that so I've gone like almost a loop around because I I never listened to rock music right never did and then now which we're kind of starting to do it's like I like doing the rock side or like the punk rock side so now I like like that music more so not a lot of influences but I mean you know besides like a Lenny Porter where it's kind of started the thing it's like now that's kind of what I listen to is more of the rock stuff, which is funny, but yeah, that's pretty much what I, what I always went through, but yeah, not that big of a story. <laughs> no, I love it. But yeah. how, how does it like a, the writing process for you guys, how does that work? Would it be one of you goes, I've just written this. It sounds great. What can you do with it? Or is it, you have an idea for a song or you did how, how does it work for you guys? So I guess it's sort of different for every song. I mean, a lot of the times like we'll write over Zoom kind of like this or like some type of Discord or something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, he gets the core ideas down for sure because he's, you know, stronger with the music theory and it's usually involves a guitar and like, you know, the songs that we make, the melodic ones, they start usually with a guitar riff or with a piano riff. So, Um, you know, but we'll, we'll like chat sometimes and like, we'll kind of have an idea going into the song. Like we'll be like, Hey, this yeah. song we want to do, you know, we'll do it. Like we're going to combine. So part of this song with a part of this song, and then we're going to throw like a rock section in it and then we're going to make something new. And then that's kind of what we'll do. Right. Like we kind of have a game plan going into it or sometimes um, we'll get sent a vocal from a friend of ours or like a singer or randomly they'll just email us and give us a demo and we hear the vocal and we're like, this is cool. And we'll just kind of start building a song around that. So yeah. it sort of depends. Sometimes we go into it with blank slate. We create something from nothing and then we get the vocalist and it comes like that. Or other times we'll just get sent a vocal, make a song around the vocal. So it sort of goes like that. And then, yeah, we'll just call like this. We'll work on the songs, kind of add ideas, send it back and forth until, we, until it's done. Yeah. I've always wondered, like, with electronic music, like, how would you know what sounds good and go, what goes with what? Like, how would you know that, oh, I want to put a drum loop in there. Oh, I want to drop it, this, you know, this beat here, and I want to put this bit, like, I don't know. I guess because I'm not musically minded. So it always fascinates me on how you actually go, oh, let's put a really dirty, like, this noise in here or whatever. Like, I don't know. How, like, how does it dirty actually... this noise. Well, you know what I mean? I could... Yeah. In my, I, 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 dirty I, I, noise. I think it comes partly from listening to just a lot of music. Like the more EDM you listen to, the more you realize it's all pretty formulaic and it's all pretty much the same. So, I mean, we try to be a little different with each release and that's why we're trying to like add rock in. Like we're always trying to think like, how can we still fit in the same mold as everyone else, but stand out to be a little bit different. And so that's kind of what we always try to do. Um, 
so yeah, there's certain things that like you say, you just know where stuff has to go because like, that's what is in every other song, right. In your okay. genre. Yeah. Yeah. So you, but then once you know where everything goes, you can start to change things and make it your own. So I've always told people that, like, how do you find your sound? It's like, you kind of have to perfect someone else before you can start to push the limits to make your own thing. You kind of have to like, you know, master what everyone else is doing and then add your own changes in because you want to be up to industry standard. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, that's my theory behind it. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because we have, right. We went from doing like the orchestral stuff and then mixed with EDM of course, and then with guitar. But now it's like some of the songs we have is like what you straight up think. pop punk. Yeah. Like MGK, like modern pop punk with EDM. So it's like, yeah. You know, it's a big jump, but it's, I don't know. Yeah, like, we I, kind of went all over the place. We had pop songs, too. Like we've had some songs that are just straight-up pop songs, basically. Mm -hmm. So we've done, like, pop. We've done, like, melodic EDM, kind of heavier with orchestral stuff, like, emotional. And then we've done this, like, pop-punk rock, kind of, like, our our sound kind of spreads quite a, yeah, I know. Know, quite a bit there. Yeah, I noticed because I was listening to it. So these are, I literally wrote this. I put bangers and then the, the tracks. <laughs> I answer. Um, first place, absolutely incredible. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Know. Lights, also absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, waiting, oh, yeah, yeah. phenomenal. But then I saw you did uh, what is here with Kellen Quinn. I was like, that's oh, yeah. so different. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. you go from one end to the complete other. I was like, Kellen Quinn. Yeah, yeah let's get that on. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that Big was jokes. wild for me. That was a that was like a high school dream come true. Like when we were talking <laughs> to him, I was like shitting my pants. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was I like, bro, I used to listen to your band like when I was like 14, 13, and like now I have a song with you. Like mind was blown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you picked out all those because those kind of all have like waiting was orchestral, very emotional yeah. orchestral. Yeah. And then we had uh what isn't here with Kellen Quinn, like more the pop punk rock kind of vibe. And then, yeah, we have um, City Lights, really down-tempo pop, kind of just like a really, you know, chill vibe. And then we had um, First Place, which is kind of like that festival kind of like... Oh, it's great. Almost dubstep beat banger. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. So we kind of tried to do a little bit of everything. So because I, right. I introduced my other half to you guys, I think it was yesterday, the day before, I was like, listen to some cousin, trust me. You go, as soon as I played, I think I played uh, First Place Straight, she went, yeah, love it. Go into the playlist. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Check it. Hey, thank you. Thank you. No, it's we fun. appreciate That's, that. I, I can't believe it because some of these songs, right, that we, I mean, I wish it sounded better, like produced better. Those are like some of the bigger songs. And it's the songs that you like put everything into. It's like, doesn't go anywhere. So it's like, it's funny how much like the songwriting has to do more than like i mean production nowadays yeah it's it's literally the prime example of this bro is chain smokers simple yeah. as fuck like not <laughs> yeah. much going on yeah. but like hit after hit after hit like you listen to that song closer there's like not much going on at all it's like the most empty song but fucking one of the biggest songs in the last 20 years like literally songwriting and simplicity comes over fancy production and like good mix downs. Like in the end, the only person that cares about that is other producers, right? Or, you know, other producers hear your song, they're like, wow, crazy sound design, super good mix. Like that sounds sick. But like you guys, you're like, don't know what that means. I just like the song, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You're like, is it a vibe? Thank yes, you. I vibe. Like that's kind <laughs> of like, and as producers, I find 
we get in our own heads a lot. And it's hard to remember that sometimes it's hard to just think simple and songwriting. Like if the core song has to be good, if you can replay your song over and over and over with just a vocal and a piano, like the bare bones, then it's a good song. Right. Then the fancy stuff just adds to it. But like the fancy production is just going to add to it, but like the core song has to just be good. And I think that, um, yeah, even with EDM, it's, that's, that's a thing that is sort of becoming missed nowadays. Um, and people yeah. are just putting out songs. Like I blame Spotify and like TikTok for this, like people's <laughs> attend, people have no attention span anymore. Right. By the time the next new music Friday comes out, they've already forgotten the songs from last week. They're yep. like, oh, yeah, that was last week's song. I got a new music Friday, new songs. Give me more. Like, you know what I mean? Like Ooh. the average like lifespan of a song is like two weeks kind of thing. And then they're yeah. over it and they want, then they want a new one. I so totally agree. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's frustrating for us because as artists, it's like, we have the pressure to just keep putting out songs. Like you, you know, that's why you see artists. They're like, Hey, dropped an album. Boom. Like full album worth of music. And then like my, maybe a month later, they're like, all right, my next single's out now. <laughs> yeah yeah and millennium like they, they'll do that like they'll drop an album it's like here's my body of work that took me two hours to two two years to make then they're like the next month all right not another single let's go because people just don't have the intention span they're like oh sweet an album nice love that play it for a month and then it came over so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's frustrating in a sense where before artists would drop an album and then tour the whole year on or two years on that one album but it's just not like that anymore so <laughs> It's that gimme, gimme, gimme demanding yeah. new content. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's TikTok really and there, yeah. it's TikTok and Spotify's fault. I blame them. <laughs> love love uh, them, but I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love, love, hate relationship, man. I did want to pick up on something you said a little while ago about people mm-hmm. sending in vocals to you. Mm-hmm. Is, is that how all your vocals come about? Because I was wondering, do you write songs and then get singers to sing them? Or is it a case of someone sends you something like, oh, I like that, let's work with that? So it's super different every time. Sometimes, yeah, we have like a select group of our friends. Like um, Natalia met some of them in Reno. And we've we've got a, f- a few group of really talented songwriters that if we really want to, like if, if we want to come up with something completely original, um, we'll just approach them and be like, hey, guys, like, let's write a song. And then um, they've we've done that for a few of our first place was one of them. First place was uh, written with, um, yeah, our, our Natalia's friend Lexi. And that was kind of like, I guess she kind of had a bit of the demo, but then, yeah, we just sort of like wrote the rest of the song with her. And then um, um, one of our songs, our next song coming out next, um, I guess I can give it the name of it. I'm like, yeah. can I talk about it? It's called Wish You the Best. Um, and so that was written with uh, Lexi, Natale, um, and a couple of their friends in Reno. They just all got together in a room and just sort of like wrote a song. And um, we then we- like two hours. Yeah, like <laughs> made a, made a really good song, and then um, yeah, we wound up putting that vocal over top of another track that we did with uh, a friend of ours from the UK, actually. So, oh, yeah, 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 right, so, right <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got our next collabs with the UK artist, um, and yeah, it's called "Miss You the Best." So I can't really talk about too much, but that that's was, fine. Uh, that's absolutely but, fine. But yeah, no, my point was that yeah, so that's how like that started with our friends you know, all getting in a room and like writing. And then sometimes though, yeah, we'll just get a random email from a super talented singer or songwriter. And they're like, Hey, I'm a singer songwriter. Like love your guys' music. Can you check out this? And we'll listen to their music. And we're like, Oh, this one's cool. Like, can we take it? And then we'll just get the vocal from them. And we produce the song around the vocal. 
And then there's other times where um, they actually have like agencies where they'll sign recording artists, like singers and songwriters. And then, so their, their manager will send us be like, Hey guys, like we work for this agency. These are the artists we have. These are all of their top lines available. And then we can just kind of like pick and choose what ones we would want. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you find an artist you like, that's like a lot bigger an artist than you. And, um, you know, you'll want to work with them and then you have to pay them and sort of like it, 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 uh, it changes like per it's different for every song. Let's just say that sometimes they're more yeah. of a collab thing. Sometimes you pay them, they write over your beat. Sometimes you take their vocal and you write around that. Like then you do a split, like it's, it's different for every circumstance, but I would say, yeah, we've, we've done all, all three or four of those methods. So yeah. Yeah. It rotates around pretty. Yeah. Pretty it rotates different. around <laughs> certain songs. We'll write certain songs. We'll just write to a demo. Really, really changes. Mm-hmm. So, if my research is correct, because I know how reliable Spotify can be with dates, <laughs> Walls Up was your first single. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Walls Up was our Walls first up. single, yeah. So yeah. Is, was that the first song that you actually made together? Was that the first one we're like, no, this is what we're, we're trying to put out in the world. Let's go. Let's let's put this one out. This is our first. That was, that was so the, the first f- single we put out, but we had like, yeah. I think, six or seven remixes I think we put out. And like, a failed that. single before that. Remember yeah, Home? Yeah. Home oh, never yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. we had a song called Home that never got released to the world. Um, we just we weren't happy with okay. we just Production. we started it when we weren't good enough producers. And then over the time of six months of working on it, we became significantly better producers. And uh the song was just not up to par with yeah. where we were at. So we were like, let's scrap it. So we just scrapped it. Um, but yeah, that was the first original that never came to be. And then, yeah, so my plan was I knew going into this that, like, I was thinking of it from a business kind of marketing perspective. Um, no one was going to know who we were, right? We had zero traction, zero eyes on us, brand new, like, no one knew anything about us. So I figured, why would we release original music right away when no one's going to care? You know what? No one's going to know who we are. Um, so my thought was, let's do remixes of uh, you know, popular kind of EDM songs and like top 40 just songs in general and sort of try to get some traction going that way while we worked on our original music. That way, when we were ready to release original music, we had a couple like, you know, four songs kind of thing or five on the go, ready to go. So we could have consistency right out of the bat and then already have the ball rolling from these remixes. And that seemed to work for us, to be honest. Like these remixes came out, they started getting, you know, the odd blog post or like, they would get uploaded on a YouTube channel here and there. Like, so people kind of were like, Oh, Casla, like this is new. And then like, even on SoundCloud, we started um, getting, you know, quite a bit of plays and like people started being like, Oh, we know like interested in these guys. And then um, other artists started reaching out. We started being like, okay, like my thought was this, this guy already has a bit of a fan base. Um, Let's put, let's do a remix with him. So we would do that self. These were all like self-releases. Like, you know, they, we weren't technically legally allowed to, do the remixes because like we didn't have permissions from the artists but they were they're more bootlegged remixes that we didn't <laughs> yeah. make money from them though like you know we didn't monetize okay. yeah like it was just put on soundcloud or put on youtube like we didn't make money the artist goes the money would go back to the artist that made the song but we would just use them for promotional reasons kind of thing so yeah we did that in the beginning and um that got a bit of a fan base and like a bit of a ball rolling so by the time we did release our first original 
um, people were already like, yeah, we were ready even waiting for this. So it was kind of like, um, and we lucked out our first original got on a Spotify editorial playlist, which yeah, I I don't know how that happened, but that was cool. Uh, Like first, first song. So that kicked the Spotify, the Spotify algorithm into gear. So it was kind of like, you know, like a lot of times when you're an independent artist releasing music, Spotify has to like get your songs. Once Spotify sees your songs getting listened to, then it spits it out into the algorithm and puts it in playlists and puts it in front of people. So by us having that editorial playlist on our first single, our first single right away did like 50,000 streams in the first month or 80,000 or something. And like, it just started shooting it out to people. Right. And then, so by the time our next single, which was actually, I think, Love Ain't Changing, which was our biggest song to date, <laughs> was our second yeah. song ever uploaded. Um, that one, yeah, I just we just must have got really lucky with that one. Like, it blew up on YouTube right away. It blew up on um, Spotify right away. Um, yeah, just that turned to be a big one. Like, I think in the first month, we had over a million on YouTube. In one oh, month or yes. Uh, yeah, and then it just blew up. And by the first year we had over a million on spotify and now it's like two and a half million and just keeps going so yeah <laughs> oh yeah how did that yeah happen, i think though? do you know i don't know so okay actually i don't know if this is what started it from youtube but in the beginning of the when we first released the song um the first lyrics of the song are i choose you no matter the battle and so people started making pokemon memes <laughs> of it yeah, I know, I know, right? And it was quickly spreading on YouTube as like a Pokemon meme. And that might have been what started it. I don't know. Because then, like, maybe there was a lot of Pokemon fans. But then all of a sudden, the song just started, like, growing. Like, it just started, like, getting plays and plays and plays. And then, like, I think the YouTube success of it um, transferred over to, to Spotify. And then, as I said, once the algorithm hits, it just took off on Spotify. It started putting it in all sorts of playlists and like discover weekly. And then like um, it just starts taking off from there. Um, But yeah, I do think the YouTube had a bit to do with it in the beginning. Um, It's a pretty simple song for the most part, but it's just, I guess it just hit with people. Like I can, you can never really like when we were making it, we didn't think it was going to be a big song. Like we were just kind of like, Oh, like another song. Didn't know it was going to be our biggest song. Like you just, you never know what hits and what doesn't. And I guess that one hit, like, um, I think the thing was about, like, I think the thing was about that song. It was a positive love song, right? Like a lot of these songs, especially in this genre were, were sad. Like they're all emotional, kind of sad, melancholic. This was like, it had that same vibe, but it was like uplifting. And it was like a happy, positive song. And I think maybe people just gravitated towards that. Maybe people were like, you know what? This is like a change for once. So, I don't know if that was what did it. I can't. Not sure, but it's happy it happened. Pokemon. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, that or yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> Something started it. Something started it. But once the ball got rolling, um, yeah, it just keeps taking off. And now it's like any any place we've played at. Like we played in uh, Dallas, Texas uh, earlier this year. And yeah, I mean, the crowd wasn't there necessarily for us because we were supporting another artist. But when we played that song, at the end, everyone knew that one. Like I looked out and people were all singing it. So it's like, that's kind of the one song. Same with when we played in San Francisco. It's like, that's the one song that we play. And like everyone, everyone in the crowd seems to just know it. So I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's cool. It's like, yeah, I'm grateful for that one. That one's what started us for sure. Like, 
people know about us for that from that song. It must be an unbelievable feeling to see people singing your own song back at you. That, yeah, it's really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, not used to that. <laughs> it's, it's cool. They're like, yeah, I don't know these people, but they all know our songs. But it's pretty cool. It's definitely like one of my favorite parts of uh, playing and just going to new cities. It's just meeting the people and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so I'm gonna get a bit. So I tried my best to get a bit more technological. Okay, so I, I feel that technology, technology has advanced music drastically mm-hmm. in the last what 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. that this sort of music probably never existed as it did, what, about 10 odd years ago or so, maybe? I don't know, mm-hmm. with, with how much everything's advanced. So do you think that dance electronic music has truly evolved in the last decade or so? Absolutely. Yeah. It went from being, yeah, like, just in, like, just purely electronic to now you have, like, again, artists like Elenium said the sky, you have Porter Robinson where... It's like literal, like live instruments. Like it's performed live. Like now it's not just DJs. Like yeah. they'll literally perform it live. Like they have drum pads, they have guitars, they have pianos. Like it's it's electronic influenced, but it's live music just done with computers. And absolutely that all changed only in the last eight years kind of thing. Like um, because they started technology advanced, you started being able to, you know, throw your instruments in with your songs. Like it went from just DJs to like this whole live instrument um and the soundscape changed a lot before it was made like dance songs for clubs yes. but now it's not like that at all anymore it's completely changed so yeah that's all i think due to technology like i, me- um, I remember I- people sorry we used to be like oh you only press play that's all you do is press play don't you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was always that- the dj's thing yeah. <laughs> all they do is press play and stand there and like kind of not far off for a while but it's completely changed that from that now. I just yeah. love how fast Nat's head turned. Like, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you mean, though, because I, I remember years ago, I went to see VNV Nation live. And I thought, you know, they've got so many different sounds in their songs, and it's obviously electronic at the same time. And I was expecting there to be, like, more instruments involved because it's what you hear live, but no, it's pretty much, it was just two guys behind laptops pressing buttons. Yeah. So yeah, having I mean, that like more instruments brought into it must, must add so much more to a live setting, especially. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was bands like there was that earlier, like, I mean, uh, Pendulum, you probably know them from the UK. Yeah, I've seen them so Pendulum was a drum and bass band. And yeah, so they were always like, you know, they had electronic, but like they did it live. Like, you know, they, they did guitars live and they had live drums. So like they did have like, early stages of live electronic but it was mostly club predominant like i can only think of like a few artists that did it live before like i think the glitch mob if you know who they are too they always did like some sort of live electronic um but yeah i mean for the most part it was all it was all club orientated um also yeah doing doing live stuff gives you like more longevity versus like yeah. DJ, dj dj like you know you're mm-hmm. more of a production versus uh you know a dj so it's like production you'd get to more more opportunities to play you know more shows and stuff like that because it's not just you know people are selling you for a dj you're being sold you know for playing stuff live or you know have like a, a band behind things so you know long term it's i think it's it's the way to go so yeah. speaking of live shows obviously we've noticed you know you you do these incredible looking live shows i've seen like some videos from it looks like some incredible crowds 
what sort of sets do you generally play? Is it just your songs or are you doing remixes of others? So like, it depends on the crowd. And I guess like, if we're, if we're at like a show, like where we're um, one of the main like selling pieces or whatever, you know, like one of the main, like people, like if I, if we think the people there in the crowd are going to know our songs, then yeah, we'll play like quite a few, like mostly our originals with like edited versions of them. But um, if, if we were playing at like a festival or something where people are just there because it's a festival and we're just another name on the lineup, then we're going to probably play a different set. It's going to cater a little more towards, you know, a mainstream crowd that might not know our songs. Like we play some more well-known ones, but just edit them with ours. Like, so I think it's a bit of both. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when we play live, depending on, you know, the venue and stuff, um, we like to make sure Nat has like his guitar with them or uh, a piano or something. So it's like a bit of a live thing, right? Like it'll be like half DJ, half live performance. Um, so, I mean, I would say it depends per situation on what we put in the set, but generally it's all, yeah, like we have a specific vibe and a sound and we stick to that. Like I wouldn't, you won't see us playing like tech house songs or anything like that. Like it's going to be dubstep kind of like punk rock, uh, melodic pop kind of like it's, it's our vibe for sure, but like just different mm-hmm. versions of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did you uh did you miss live shows during the pandemic yes a lot oh, but yeah so yeah. much <laughs> yeah uh yeah living in canada like i just i was deprived i was sad deprived <laughs> <laughs> i mean during the pandemic i mean i you know don't hate me don't get fucking mad but like bc went back underground just because shows weren't in clubs doesn't mean there wasn't events happening illegally in the bushes again. Still people still wanted to go out and have fun. And I would be lying if I didn't attend one or two of those. Bush I, can't parties. I can't say I blame you. You know, I just Trudeau's wanted to have Trudeau's at the door. You know, I didn't get COVID. I wasn't spreading COVID or anything like that. Um, but I was just tired of being locked inside. So any chance where there was like, Oh yeah, there's a live music event happening out in the woods. I'm like, yep. See you out in the woods. <laughs> in the woods <laughs> yeah yeah in vancouver people will drive you know two to three hours outside of the city just out in the bush yeah it's a thing here in bc uh, mm. uh, um sorry so obviously we'll go back to, to Braden for a bit you've been mixing some of his songs i think of his new ep is that correct that's not out yet. yeah mm-hmm. um did you touch did you do better before as well his latest uh, about them before. Did you, did you touch that one? Oh, better than before or whatever. Yeah. No. Yes, I I did. Oh, you did. I oh, mixed, oh, mastered, no. I, I mixed oh, and mastered man. that. Yeah, that's right. You did do that. I, I stem mastered that. Yeah, that was me. It's absolutely incredible to start with. I mean, Braden's a talented motherfucker anyway. But uh, yeah, but yeah, the it. song was really good. Um, the song was really good when they sent it. I just thought it needed a better yeah balance. It just needed to hit a bit harder. So I just did uh, what I've learned to do over the last <laughs> few years and. It worked. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good song. And it helps like when I like the song that I'm working on, it, it really helps me to like want to finish it, you know, because I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. I want to make it as good sounding as it can when it yeah. already sounds pretty good. You know, then I'm just like, yeah, this is really good. So it helps when the song itself is really good. Uh, Vance and Brayden 
had a really good song to begin with. So I just gave it that final polish that it needed. That bit of je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, yeah I just, I just gave it that little, little touch at the end. A little bit of salt bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll call it, yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, we've, we've, we, me, Natalia and me helped with his EP for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did some, a little bit of production stuff and just helped with, uh, yeah, the mixing and the, the mastering. I love it. We, um, I sorry. Oh, I was just saying we we get um, approached by quite a few artists to do engineering work. So it's amazing. I love that you just t- you'll touch any genre as well. You don't you won't just pigeonhole yeah. yourself into. Oh you yeah, know, no. It's like what is it? <laughs> Dance? Yeah, give it to me. Rap? Yeah, I'll have that. Reggae? Perfect. Get it in yeah. here. Punk rock? I'll have a bit of that as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, incredible. Well, I think once you learn audio engineering, because it does get quite technical and like almost scientific in a way. Like once you learn how compression properly works, how to properly record guitars. Like once you learn how stuff is supposed to sound and how it's supposed to fit together, all songs are kind of the same. Like it's all sonically the same. Like there may be different elements here and there, but the engineering part of putting it together is all the same. So it doesn't matter the genre really in a sense. Like, I mean, certain genres, yeah. Like EDM, you're going to drive the compressors harder. You're going to saturate stuff a little more. You're going to get that like, smacking like crunchy club hit like you need it to be really loud right like so versus if we did a rock song actually even modern pop punk modern pop punk is pretty pretty loud and pretty like compressed but like if we were doing a metalcore song or something like then we might dial it back a little bit um and like a maybe a like but for the most part genres the 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 style of like your engineering changes a tiny bit but it's all generally the same so yeah, that's why we we to work from other artists because um yeah we like one I like helping people it's a good experience to do other yeah. genres and you know it helps us uh, as artists you know try to get by here like to to struggle <laughs> until <laughs> until you're, <laughs> until you're yeah. signed and you're touring all over the world every weekend you know it can be it can be tough so we just like to uh, take whatever work we can get and it no. helps us practice our own skills too right so exactly and you're just yeah. fucking heroes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And it's given us an opportunity. Like I wanted to work with Braden for a long time. So when he reached out to us, I was like, this is awesome. Probably. He's a great man. We do love Braden. No, he's really fun. He's a nice guy too. He's, he's Canadian too, he's I'm pretty sure. Well. Yeah, he is. Oh yeah. He's very yeah. Canadian, yeah. Yeah, feel yeah. that. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask about before we start wrapping up, on your website, you sell a sample pack called Caslo Creations. Yeah. What what exactly is that? Is that your way of helping other artists like get yeah. started? Yeah. So yeah, um, that's a it's a producer, it's for other music producers. So we have this Discord community. This is how it started, right? We have a Discord community. Um, and that's like it's a lot of other music producers in there. Cause we hosted a remix contest for one of our EPs, right? So we were like, hey, calling all producers, we're going to host a contest to remix our songs off our EP. Um, and we hosted the contest in our Discord. So all of a sudden, our Discord got flooded with a whole bunch of producers that joined in. And we had this cool community of other producers making music. So then me and Natalia were kind of like, you know, how can we help help these guys? And, um, you know, again, we wanted to uh, fund the Caslo project. You know, we wanted to 
pay for vocalists. We want to do pay for, you know, marketing stuff. Like it's like costs money to have casual. Like it doesn't just operate without money. So um, to get some money coming in, I thought to myself, why don't we make a sample pack for these guys? Like if they're all fans of our music and, you know, like why don't we help them by putting a pack together of high quality uh, guitar recordings. And then Tali recorded a whole lot of guitars for it. Um, and like piano sounds and just like presets that we would use in our songs and like drum sounds that we use in our songs. So yeah, we kind of bundled everything together in this little uh, pack for producers and then we were selling it and um, it sold quite a bit, like a lot of, a lot of artists buy it. Um, and um, yeah, it's funny now, even me and Natalia, we've heard some songs come out where he's like, Hey, that's my guitar loop. <laughs> like I heard that from the pack. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, um, people have been using, using it in their songs and that's what we made it for. Right. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much a way to help the community out and, uh, get a little money in our pockets and support us. So it was a mutual, mutual thing there. And, um, it worked out. We might do another one soon, but now after that, we started a Patreon. And so that's kind of what we mainly focus on now. We have got, you know, our Patreons in there and they, uh, help us by supporting us every month. Um, but then we, help them by recording private like tutorials. We have one-on-one like feedbacks with them. We give them little sample packs every month. Like we kind of like, you know, we really help try to further them and they help supporting us. So um, yeah, that's kind of why we did that. And then now we have a, we have merch coming pretty soon. That's going to be on the website pretty soon. So um, yeah. Buy just cause, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I got to buy it. Well, I mean, I only have, I, these were just printed off the, um, we did a, what's called a production run, which was just like the run to get the samples for the photo shoots and stuff. So these are, yeah, like, uh, I only did one of everything. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, no, to answer your sample pack question, that's what's on the website. Um, and that's kind of why we did it was to help out the community and to kind of fund Caslo. It's such a great idea. Yeah, and then you yeah. answered my question. But I was going to ask about the Patreon, but you've already mentioned it. So uh... yeah, after that, I just started thinking what what are as many ways as I can to monetize this brand. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. If um, you want to make it, if you want to make it your job, you have to treat it like a business and try to get revenue from as many places as you can. So genius, kind of, Brody. It's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> um, do you guys have music videos? Like, do you make music videos, or is it just like lyric videos? Or so a music video costs a lot of money. And I mean, yeah. there are grants. Um, there are grants you can get. We need to find a good grant writer. I think I should get on that, honestly, um, because I don't know if Natalia has grants in the US, but in Canada, there's a lot of grants you can get that are government funded that are for musicians that, you know, they'll give us money towards music videos and like towards that type of thing. Um, you know, the average music video, even on a lower budget one is going to cost between like 5,000 upwards kind of thing. So it's just yeah. expensive. When are we going to make that $5,000 back? No, not at this point. Like, I mean, you might over a year, but like, it's, it's, uh, a really high, it's a really low return on return on yeah. your spend basically. So to me, it doesn't make sense when we're at this point to, put the money out for a music video. No, if we get fair. bigger, if we get bigger or we get funded, then yes, absolutely. I would love to, because the music video would kind of like be the creative direction of what I want the song to portray. 
Like, so we try to do that with the lyric videos, but um, yeah, I would love to do a music video. I know directors and I know people like I could get one done in Vancouver very easily because Vancouver's they call it Hollywood North, right? Like all these <laughs> Netflix, they literally do. Like there's so many Netflix shows that you watch that are all filmed in Vancouver. Oh, I know. Like, Vancouver is basically becoming like an LA now because there's so much movies made here. Um, so yeah, I've got all the connects to make music videos for cheap, but I just don't have the, uh, the money to, uh, put up to pay for that yet. So one day. Yeah. One day. One There's day. something coming down the road here. If we get, if we get some grants going, then we'll be good. Beautiful. Yeah. What I need to realize as well is, you know, you've achieved so much. And really, as you said, you released that first on 2019. You've been achieved some incredible things in such a short period of time. So, okay. I haven't got a music video yet. It's coming. You guys yeah, are going to so. take over. The, is. the talent is there. The drive <laughs> is, is crazy. there. The, gra- yeah. The, 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 the Yeah, the growth. I didn't expect it to go as quick as it has. So I think that we're doing something right, which is cool. We just got to stick to yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> I, yeah, that's kind of our, our plan. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the talent thing. I, I You know, I'm glad people are vibing with uh, what we're doing. I'm just glad people are relating to the art that we're putting out there. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we start wrapping up, like anyone listening to this right now and they're like, I have no idea who these guys are. I'm hearing them for the first time, hearing their awesome story. But what particular songs might you point people towards that you're like extra proud of, you feel sort of define what you do? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard because like our I mean, taste has changed yeah. a lot over the three years that we've been releasing music. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Loving Changing is our biggest song and it's just a catchy, good song. Like, I think at the core of that, like maybe, yeah, with the mix down might not have been very good. Uh, but the writing of that song, I think just speaks for itself and that's why people like it. I think it's just a catchy, feel good song. I think that's one of them I would point them to. I like First Place. I think that was a good song. Oh, yeah. Um, I was gonna point that too, yeah. I think I don't even know what else to put out. I mean, I like I the John. There's some remixes too. Some yeah, some of the remixes we've, done, we've like done turned out really cool. Um, I think some of the remixes we've done were production-wise and like arrangement-wise, more creative and more like leaning towards where we want to go. But um they don't get as much attention as the original songs usually do. Um, so I mean what what isn't here isn't one of our popular songs but i do think that was like a defining song for us because that was the first time we tried to combine the emo kind of rock edm together so what isn't here was definitely our first attempt at doing like the genre blending you know that was when we sort of made the transition from before caslow to like what we're what we wanted to do so i think that is an important song in our discography just for that reason um but yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's tough. Like, <laughs> I think Cool Peaky Summer would be one. Yeah. yeah, the remix that we just did for our friends Crystal Skies, Cool Summer. That's probably, in my opinion, my favorite production we've done so far. Same. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's more um, rock in it too. More rock. It's more. Vibes. It's more rock orientated. That one. Like you'll you'll notice in the, like each coming release, you're gonna hear more rock influences in in as they come to fruition. Because what a lot of people don't know is some of the songs that we're releasing this year, we literally made two years ago or like a year ago. Like 
-hmm. It's how, yeah, sometimes you'll sit on a song for that long and sometimes it takes that long. By the time you finish it, you sign it to a record label, you sign the contracts, you get the lyric videos, you get the artwork done. Like it's a whole process to release a song and it takes months, months usually. So a lot of the time, the stuff we write, you won't hear till like the stuff we're working on right now. You're probably not going to hear till I would say their <laughs> uh, minimum, like end of this year or, or early next year. Probably. Oh shit! Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of this rock stuff we've been working on, it's not going to be out till next year because our year is already filled up with songs from last year. So that's a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. Kind of you're like a year behind where the artist is actually thinking. That's not torture in a way. It is. Kind of is. It kind of is, really yeah, is. because by the time we release the song, we're over it. We're like, oh, we've <laughs> moved on. The song's out. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm over that song. Don't even like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like we change up so much on like some things we do production-wise. It's like by the time it comes out, it's like, oh, we're on to something else. So it's like, oh, whatever, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> but in, a, in a way, you're also a year ahead of yourself already. So you don't have to worry. So realistically now you'd be worrying about 2024 almost. In a way. Yeah. Like we're kind of yeah. a step ahead in that sense. Which is kind of cool. Cause mm-hmm. if you don't do anything for a bit, it's like, well, it's fine. Cause that year is covered. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, it right. is, we do, ha- we do have probably enough songs right now to cover like easily the rest of this year and maybe the, but we just, it's hard to sign them. It's hard to find the right label. It takes time. Like it just like, we've been having problems with getting the music out there. Cause we don't just want to like drop a song. Like you kind of have to build off each release if you can, like, you know, like, hmm. so we want the next song to be bigger than the next one. We want it to do this. We want it to do that. Like we can't just put out the music like we could before, but now it's gotten to a point where we can't really do that. So, I mean, we could, I guess you can do whatever you want, but <laughs> I, I don't want to do that yet until, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I, I want to keep growing the the brand forward. I don't yeah, want yeah. to just put out a song and just for the sake of putting out a song. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, but yeah, that's sort of. Um, I guess if I had to just quickly answer the question, I would say, "Loving Changing." Check that song out, just because that was kind of like classic our vibes. Um, I really liked one of our songs called Can We Go Back? It's not one of our more popular songs, but I still like that. Like I still played in the set all the time. Like it's got lots of energy. It's like a dance song. I don't know. I like that. It's really nostalgic. I think a lot of our music has a themes of nostalgia. A lot of them. Like they have that nostalgic vibe, even with the pop punk stuff. It's like now that's nostalgic too. Like it's kind of like our music always has this theme of nostalgia to it. And yeah, I would check out Loving Changing. It's just a happy, feel good pop. I would check out um maybe what isn't here because that was our transition to like the rock kind of vibe um first place is a cool festival banger it's getting dropped at festivals all over um uh i like can we go back it's got like a cool sentimental kind of spot to it um and i really like the song of ours called Nevermind. it's a very catchy pop song but i think if you're feeling the more pop summertime vibes check out that one um yeah i think that those four kind of showcase bit of a style from each of us so a bit of a style difference between all four of those so beautiful mr stevens yeah. do you have any more questions for our illustrious guests i do i have one more um when you like you say you started 
living the EDM dream, uh, obviously made Caslow uh, and got to, did you ever think that this is where you would be today? Did you ever think that back in 2019, everything would just explode? You'd be like, two million listeners, holy shit. No, I had no idea. I didn't. I yeah. mean, like, I had no expectations, and but like, we obviously have a goal from the very beginning. We wanted to, you know, play festivals and sort of tour around and meet fans and all that stuff. And we wanted to build a cool community. And we just wanted, yeah, people to relate to the music. But um, yeah, I did not think like, I mean, you never know if it's going to work, right? You never know. Yeah. Um, but like, I thought I did have a pretty solid backing behind me with the Cosmic Academy and all the what oh, they did. And like, yeah. I thought that I had, a, you know, a bit of knowledge to make this work. I just thought like, who knows? So I just wanted to try, you know, that's all this has been is just kind of like a trying thing. Um, but no, I, I didn't expect us to do the numbers and like the stuff we've done in the amount of time we've done it. Like I kind of knew, well, not knew, but like was hoping eventually we'd get to that point. But um, no, it happened a lot faster than I expected, which is awesome. So, <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Like, Whatever we're doing, we're just going to keep doing it because it seems to be working. <laughs> so, Absolutely. yeah, and we just appreciate everyone for uh, for listening and supporting us. What about you, Nat? Yeah, I mean, generally, like, for like you saying this, for like the same question. Mm. Yeah. Like- um, you know, I always held myself to high standards. So, Brody, like, didn't have expectations. I mean, I had expectations, but then it's kind of what keeps me going because, like, if it doesn't work out within the time span I'm hoping, then it's like great because then I keep working and you know defining more of us as artists. So yeah. it ends up working out for the better, you know, because then hopefully by some point it's like I, I don't want to be that person either. Like, you know, you put out one song. I don't, I don't, I want to be able to like build with people, you know, make friends and stuff and be here for the journey more or less, you know. So I gotta say, like one of the most important things so far was like meeting people like, you know, Braden and stuff like that. And you got these friends for life, you know? So that's probably yeah. been my, the one thing I expected the most out of the journey was that, because I've, I've met some of the best people, you know, doing music in my yeah. life. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. that's the one thing I expected was I want to make some good friends that, you know, share the same goals where I never had that before, you know, with music. So yeah, as for like, you know, getting bigger though, and being like a bigger artist, you know, I've kind of, I expect to get there at some point, but like Brody said, I you got to keep going, keep doing what we're doing. So takes time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, in the end, like the main goal for me was just to be able to make a living doing what you love to do. Yeah. So instead of waking up and going to your nine to five job every day that you hate, um, I wanted to have freedom and fulfillment in my life and f- music can give you both of those things, you know, mm-hmm. In the end, um, even if it doesn't work out as touring artists, you know, over the years, I feel like we're going to be known enough as engineers or like, yeah. you know, we're still going to be able to be self-sufficient. Um, you just have to work to get there. But that's all I want to be able to do is do what I love for a job, so to speak, a job, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. Your boys are slaying it. So whatever you're doing, just keep doing it because it's clearly working. So. Thank you guys. Thank you so much.
It really is. Like I said, as I said not long ago, you know, the talent is clearly there, the passion's clearly there, the knowledge is there. You clearly have that drive and what's happening. And genuinely cannot wait to see where you go because you're gonna absolutely kill it in the world. You really are. Thank you guys. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It was good hearing that. Thank you. Yeah, we have some we have some shows and stuff starting to line up for January. So you know, with me being in the Canada, just like I have to deal with visa stuff. So it's complicated to go tour the US. But I do think that 2023 will be the year that um, we'll wind up touring somewhere around the States. So we just have to kind of stick it out a little longer. Like we're already starting to get offers and stuff. So it's just a lot of like back end planning and whatnot. So we're just kind of going to do our thing for the rest of this year. And yeah, hopefully see you guys out on the on the road soon hopefully it'd be Come great to the yeah. UK, yeah, yeah. Okay. hell yeah yeah that'd be awesome if we go to the uk that'd be that'd be wild that'd be unbelievable yeah oh yeah Before we'll hang we out have... we'll get some lunch yeah yeah it's us. That's... <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. bring it awesome. all the poutine <laughs> oh bro i don't know if they'll let me bring it on the flight you know make it a little mushy but <laughs> <laughs> okay. before we let you go any plugs social medias anything you want people to go check out I mean, if you feel so inclined, <laughs> um, our social medias are pretty easy. It's just at Caslow official on everything. We made it real easy to check it and find us, you know? Um, yeah, we're, we're actively sharing on Instagram. We're doing merch soon. So we've got lots of new music coming out, like a song a month, pretty much. Like we got lots of stuff coming. It's just, um, yeah. So find us at Caslow official, I guess. And be cool to meet you guys. <laughs> Yeah, Join the Caslo family, you know. Awesome. I don't I don't like consider them fans. Like for us, it's like a family. Like, you know, like I consider them like I met I try to message every every person, like, you know, like reply to every message and be like, hey, like, welcome to the Caslo family. Like, thanks for supporting us. Like I yeah, I try to like like we meet them every city we go to, like, you know, it's kind of like they're not just like fans, you know, like I don't just want their streams or I like want their money. I want to like get to know them and like yeah. So I just welcome everyone to come find us and yeah. Caslow official, Caslow on Instagram, or our Caslow on Spotify. So, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Boys, this has been unbelievable. Thanks for having us. Love. Thank you you so much. We've absolutely loved every second of it. And uh, maybe we'll do it again in the future sometime. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, a couple years down the road, see where we're at. You know, absolutely. Maybe we'll be in the UK in a few years. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's go. That's the goal. We can do it in person. In person this time. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, Yeah, done. Oh, yeah. I'm holding to that now. Done. All right. All right. Now we have a goal. That's our goal, Nat. Two years. We're going to be in the UK. (laughs) Summer 2024. Yeah. Interview in the UK. Let's go. We're there. But the, the, literally, thank you so much for you know joining us. We really appreciate it. It's been fucking phenomenal. I've loved every second of it. Yeah, and amazing. we're going to hold you to, to 2024, summer 2024. We'll have an interview in the we're UK there. in person. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Um, make, we'll whenever there. this goes live or like comes out or whatever, just like let us know with like the links or wherever you want. Yeah, we will. So I'll email it to you anyway. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you'll get all the relevant tags because we'll tag you fucking everywhere. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ready <laughs> awesome man boys enjoy the rest thank of your day you guys. guys uh thank take you, it easy yeah. and we'll speak thank soon you. we'll talk soon, right, sounds good. definitely good take it easy guys. guys love take to meet you guys take care now cheers bye-bye thanks you too see you guys thank you bye-bye see ya.
<laughs> what a phenomenal conversation. These guys are amazing. And like I said, there's so much passion and original origin story. Just a great conversation. I love this. Yeah, it's brilliant. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. We really, really appreciate it. You are both legends and heroes in your own right. Uh, and Natale, that was great. <laughs> just great. Because we were sat going, He's not saying a whole hell of a lot. Like, I want to get him a bit more involved. He's like, yeah, I don't like talking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that explains everything. That explains yeah. everything. I, I was starting to feel bad. Like, maybe we're not asking him enough questions. And then she's like, oh, I don't want to talk. Fair enough. But guys, like, taking the time out to us. Thank you so much for taking the time out. We really, really appreciated it. It was so much fun. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you when you come over to the UK. Uh, and I hope we'll have you on again soon. And hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens. Yes, sir. It's only audience participation. Oh, I can participate in person. Yeah. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week's question was inspired by the Sophie Lancaster Foundation's very own Adam Lancaster. Oh, yes. This week, we ask a very basic but very important question in this life. What's your favourite cheese? Nice and simple. Favourite way of eating it? Particular reason it's your favourite? The more cheesy details, the better. Mr. Stevens, what is your favourite cheese? So, this is funny because I've been buying quite a lot of different um, smoked ones at the moment. There's like an oak smoked red last I've been thoroughly enjoying. Yeah, and a smoked cheddar uh, from Aldi. But... And this is this is a fact. I can't stand cheese and onion crisps, but there's a cheese if you buy a cheddar with caramelized onion in it, and it's the greatest thing in the world. And I just eat that shit as it is, just the whole thing in one go, and then have about fifty nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) Not supposed to eat it before bed. We all know that it was just delicious. It's from Tesco, like two quid to get a massive like triangle slab, and the whole gone. The best thing about Christmas is all the different cheese. Oh yeah. Just whoever's putting fruit in it, though, fucking stop doing that. What about Sprout? Sprout, yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> How was it, actually? Didn't taste anything like Sprouts. It was just cheese. Yeah, it was just, it was cheese. just cheese, yeah. Just cheese. Oh. Nice. Anyway, let's get some answers. Let's get the foundation guys out of the way first. Adam Lancaster, he said, you know what? Lancashire is the best cheese. Which is fair. I'm not a fan of Lancashire, personally. It's a bit too crumbly for me. I just It's just cheese made of math. Mm-hmm. It's all great. It's all great. And uh, Dina, she turns around and says, any cheese that's in its prime except Le Chat. I don't know what Le Chat is. It's obviously French, but I've never, I don't have ever tried that. A Borsal is unbelievable. But I'm Brie, like Brie chorizo and tuck crackers. Oh, Oh. God, that's a combination in itself. Why are we so passionate about cheese as a human race? It's just great, isn't it? (laughs) Because it just goes with everything. (laughs) It goes with everything and it just tastes so good. so I'll go to the in-laws' house and we'll have like spag bowl or something. And my father-in-law would walk out with more cheese than spag bowl. And it's just it's just a mountain. It's great. Yeah, Kara says that. She's always like, do you need more cheese, babe? Do you need more cheese? She had more cheese. We have more cheese on that. She had more cheese. More cheese. I actually had um there's some sausage you can buy from Lidl. It's like Ibierco cheese and red oh, pepper. Yeah. Oh, Jamie Westwood. Oh, get him before the barbecue season's over. Just Unbelievable. Cheese. They're so good. We're getting distracted by just talking yeah, about I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Louise Barber says, gotta love a bit of Cathedral City on toast. That was, yeah, that's great. Worcestershire sauce as well. Gotta have Worcestershire sauce on there. I love Tommy K on my cheese on toast. Worcestershire sauce all day, boys. Oh. All fucking day. Is cheese on toast the best way to eat cheese? 
it's got to be up there. No, just choosing itself. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, bite the block. Just on its own is perfect. Stefan Phillips, nice one word, simple answer. Cheddar. Job done. Cheddar. Nice and straightforward. We like that. How do you like your cheddar though? Is it mild, medium, mature, extra mature? I'm an extra, I'm a mature, extra mature man myself. I'm mature. I don't, I, I can Are eat you? medium. I've noticed. Keris <laughs> 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 Mansfield says Cathedral City. Nice getting more respect and Borsin. Yeah. That's my girl. That's my girl. It's, 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 a, ha- it's a must at Christmas time to buy. Oh, Borsin is just, yeah, get in my face. Uh, Claire Jones says Brie. Great choice. Yeah, strong choice Great again. Choice. Tiffany Barrow, goat cheese. So, I'm very undecided on goat cheese. I like it on pizza. I d- I've never tried it on its own, so yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It's my favorite. I like it cooked like in things, but I'm not, yeah. I couldn't just eat goat cheese. Not for me. Lucy Orchard says smoked Bavarian cheese. Oh, strong. That is a strong. Yes, Lucy. Love that choice. Love it. Chrissy Fitzgerald says, I can't just pick one. There's Baratta. Never heard that from my life. Super sharp, mature cheddar. Truffle-filled brie from M&S. Oh, Posh all right. <laughs> Truffle-filled brie. Oh. <laughs> There's always one, isn't there? Simon Mitchell. Knob cheese. Oh, for fuck's sake. There's always one. Of course, just though. We already, we already knew that, though. We've known him for blind enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alan Carr says, as shit as the UK is at most things, Globally, cheddar is the best, most versatile cheese. Fair. It does pretty much go with everything. It so. does go with yeah. everything. Amy Sampson says brie or camembert. Very oh, good. camembert. Very yes, we love it. Bit of dippy. Dippy dip. Dippy mm. dip. Lydia Manson says fromunda. Never heard of that. Must be an American thing. Very processed. Lucy Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> I was about that the joke or how funny you found it. <laughs> Lucy Bowen, the heathen, says blue cheese is the best. Oh, Yes, no. I, yes, a hundred percent. Yes, I remember eating still and out of the, the pot thing at Christmas. Oh, I don't mind it in cooking, but and rock four as well is another strong yeah, dish. Yeah. That is the worst smelling mm-hmm. thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Ah, merci beaucoup. No, not a fan of that one. <laughs> Gina Humphrey says Gouda. Yes, I don't remember if I like that. I can't, that's quite hard. It's, it's Dutch, isn't it? Hard nutmeggy one, if memory serves. Yeah, uh, I remember, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. One thing I learned years ago working on the cheese counter at Sainsbury's is there is a lot of different cheeses in the world. That's great. Manchego is also up there. Mm. Debbie Myatt, my mother joins in and says, Wednesday now with cranberries or extra, extra mature cheese that makes you sweat. Jesus Christ, mother. First of all, Debbie, get in the bin for the cranberries (laughs) thing. Like, you should not put fruit with cheese. Like, don't don't start doing that shit. Apricot. Who wants to eat apricot in fucking Wednesdaydale? Let's have Wednesdaydale. It's a popular choice, especially at Christmas time. And she's also the very cute cat on the campsite we're staying on right now, whose name is Cheese. Oh, really? <laughs> I love that is that is great. That is great. great answer. And my wife Becky Westwood says halloumi. Great. Choice. Oh, Becky, yes. Camembert, yes. Halloumi on the barbecue. We love just getting camembert and dipping. Halloumi on the barbecue as well. Oh, and yes. And she also says Wendadell and Cranberry. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I thought you'd say Wednesdale. Not with cranberries, though. Stop putting fruit in your fucking cheese. <laughs> like putting bits in your jam. Stop doing that as well. Oh, you don't no, need more fruit. That. I'm perfectly happy with it smooth. Thank you very much. And last but not least, he's back. It's been a while, but he's back. It's only Ryan Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ryan Williams says, I feel like this is the beginning of an awesome dad joke. However, the, on the chance that this is not for humorous reasons, I will give my answers. To be honest, I haven't had a cheese I haven't liked, but I actually have a couple of choices for favourite cheese. I love the fact he's never had a cheese he doesn't like. It's amazing. It says, my all-time favourite is smoked gouda. Oh. Especially since in my 20s, I was able to smuggle some weed, hashish and edibles from my vacation in Amsterdam with the help of a wheel of smoked gouda. Of course you didn't, Ryan. That is the most Ryan thing in the world. Yep. <laughs> so after gouda, my next, next favourite cheese is Gruyere, sharp cheddar, gorgonzola, blue oh. cheese and provolone. Never heard of provolone. No, probably processed. Gorgonzola, though, yes. Again, Italian. Unbelievable. We also, no one said mascarpone or like ricotta. No. Or mozzarella. Like, I realised I didn't actually give my answers. Oh. <laughs> go on, go ahead. Cheddar, Red Leicester, halloumi, and paneer cheese. Paneer's Indian, isn't it? Paneer's Indian. Don't think had, I don't think I've ever had paneer. You can I get probably... a curry and it's like paneer and spinach and it's oh, mm, mwah, in my face. But I chicken by myself, but paneer Ooh. sounds wonderful. I mean, <laughs> what I might just do is invest in so much cheese for Christmas this year. It's me and Karis' first one together in our house. I just eat cheese. Just walk into Aldi and just empty the shop yeah. into the trunk. And I want to go back to work, I'll just beat a block of cheese. <laughs> you know what you post to say? If you eat too much, you'll turn into one. Um, Don't eat too many chocolate biscuits, you'll turn into a chocolate biscuit. Will I? My nan used to threaten me with chocolate. I don't want to be crumbly. Um, so, but thank you to absolutely everybody that joined in the James Participation Challenge. We really, really appreciate that massively. If you enjoy the challenge and you enjoy Tom's journal and you enjoy Callum's reachings and you enjoy the interview, who doesn't? And enjoy the absolute bullshit we talk about at the beginning. I'll just stop it over my words again then. We'll talk about it at the beginning. Then you enjoy the other 51 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast. 51. I mean, it's it's mental to me that we're still going and that we still talk so much shit. It's great. And you like, don't listen. Yeah, exactly. And we appreciate it more than you've ever possibly imagined. Um, but you can find us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it be Spotify, uh, whether it be Apple, whether it be Google, wherever. We're, we're everywhere. Good pods. I think we're, we're on Media Matchmaker. I don't know where. We're, we're everywhere. Get us where you get your podcast from. Definitely subscribe. Um, but you can also find us on YouTube at The Chronicles of Podcast. Hit that subscribe button right now. Do it now right now uh hit that bell so you get notified when the videos get released which is every single week uh and comment 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 uh which would be absolutely wonderful and we'd appreciate more than anything you could possibly imagine you can also find our hashtag wbw's way back wednesdays they have now ended uh we have literally given you everything we've had to offer previously uh but you can find them on our youtubes if you want to go back and listen to an older episode from a previous channel um uh, and you could so my brain completely went dead for a second then and you could find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast please hit that like and hit that share and tell all your friends to do that exact same thing again right now uh, and send us all your bits and pieces review us uh, send us some reviews do whatever you'd like uh, we'd really love to hear from you all and we'd really appreciate it but Jamie do you know where else you can find us? in my kitchen sat next to each other yeah it's kind of weird isn't it yeah. but also on the Twitter yeah at TCO Pod. And Jamie, do you know where else you could find us? You could have found us in Derbyshire at the Bloodstock Festival. Still got a wristband on. Yeah, absolutely. But you can also find us on the Instagram 
at TCOPod. Uh, you can also find us on TikTok at TCOPod. Uh, please come and follow us there as well. Uh, we do post every now and again. I promise we do. I promise. I really should stop posting that. Um, but you can also find us on our brand new, deliciously, spankingly sexy and wonderfully gorgeously incredible little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find about all about us on there, all of our actors and shows are on there, and all of our affiliations and sponsors are on there. Woo! Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, writers, sharers, tell all of your friends about us. Allow us into your ears. But most importantly, figure of anything nope. to say then I didn't think it was a dramatic pause yeah <laughs> that's really thrown me off I've never not done it so I was like I'm, scared. I'm just not going to say anything anyway that's really thrown me off my ball anyway before we get out of here we should say a massive thank you to some very special friends of ours Mr Matthew Roberts at Matt Roberts Music he is responsible for every single bit of music you hear on this show and what a wonderful musician he is. Definitely go check him out on Spotify and all the socials, as I said, and check out all of his music. It is Especially our theme song, Once in a Lifetime. We also have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and Stay Cozy Clothing. They are an incredible clothing company out of Canada, and they are phenomenal. It's www.staycozyclothing.com. You can get some beautiful T-shirts like this one right here. You can also go check out the Sophie Lancaster collaborative T-shirt they released. 50% of the profits go straight to these guys. It means the absolute world. But whatever you like, add one of everything to your basket. And when you get to the basket, it'll say, got a promo code. You can say, do you know what? I do. And it's The Chronicles. And it will give you 10% off your order. Isn't that beautiful? A little gift from us to you. Well, it's from them to you, but we're, we're taking credit. Yeah. We're taking credit. It's fine. And last but not least, we have to say a massive thank you to these guys, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, stamping out prejudice, hatred, and intolerance everywhere. Not only need to thank them for the usual things they do, all the incredible hard work they do, it has been an absolutely unreal weekend for us spending the weekend with the guys, seeing all the hard work they do. Yeah. And especially seeing how their work touches people's lives. Oh, yes. The amount of people I've seen, they literally walk up to the tent and get emotional. I've seen one or two people in tears because it's such a strong message and the work they are doing is phenomenal. The amount of people we spoke to this weekend that believe in this cause and we cannot encourage you guys enough to get involved and support them we need to get this message out to schools around this country we spoke to people from scotland who said we need to get this so if you're in scotland or anywhere else in the world get in contact and work in a school know someone works in a school whatever it may be get in contact with the foundation and get this workshop to you because it is an incredible workshop and it is so important. The amount of people we spoke to that said a lot of the problems started in school. It is fun- it's unbelievable the amount of people. I myself went through it in school. It is where a lot of it starts. So let's get that message spread. And of course, go to sophielancasterfoundation.com. There's a tab on there that says hate crime. There is a questionnaire, which I want every single person to fill in. If you have ever been treated differently, simply because of the music you listen to, the way you look, anything like that, we need answers because all that information will be collated and sent to the government. And hopefully we can finally achieve Sylvia's dream of getting the alternative subculture put on 
as a hate crime like it should be. This weekend just gone was 15 years since Sophie's attack and how this is still happening 15 years later and the fact it's still not a hate crime is ridiculous. So please let us, help us rather, not let us, help us to achieve Sylvia's target of getting alternative subcultures as a hate crime. Do whatever you can do, even if you're just buying a piece of merch like this sexy T-shirt, I love this, or the wristbands, or the normal logo T-shirts, whatever it might be, just help them out, do whatever you can. And yeah, thank you very much. And of course, massive thank you to this handsome devil. Yeah, and again, same, same. I couldn't, I could you know, I second everything Jamie just said. It's, uh, it's been one hell of a weekend. We've enjoyed ourselves so much, and to work alongside the foundation and see all the work that they do, and see, you know, fifty-year-old guys coming up and just not being able to speak to us because it's just the emotion hits them. So, it, it, you know, in a really weird way, it was kind of a really beautiful moment because you just want to go, like, you know, we're all in this together, and Bloodstock was such a massive family feel. Yeah. Like there was no trouble, there was no problems and no issues. Everyone was just so loving and caring. It's just like one big fucking family, one big community. Um, we just loved every single person that on that field. It was great. It was absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, please go and fill out that question on the website. It would mean everything to them and everything to us, and we'd appreciate it. Um, and we will achieve that one day. I know we will get there. But Jamie, yes, this has been quite a surreal weekend doesn't it because yeah. we're, we're ending recording together the brand new edition 52nd edition sat next to each other it's kind mm-hmm. of uh it's kind of crazy it's kind of weird but another absolutely great episode of the great interview again it's been incredible sir what a glorious week and we spent like five days of each other and we haven't killed each other yet so yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> TCO pod, TCO. <laughs> But guys, another great week. Thank you so much for checking us out on the weekly. As you do, we appreciate absolutely every single one of you. Uh, and Jamie, uh, another great edition, another great episode. Another great episode indeed. And as for this week, uh, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.